Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at even a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. A call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame. You know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 220 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Easy like Sunday morning. Or Monday. Maybe I hear a lot of people listen to this on Monday on the commutes. You know. Uh, well, I have a very special guest for you to help you get through your commute today. None other than legendary Weapon X. Alex Penner is here, and he was a great guest. We talked for about two hours. Timeline his whole career. We starting way back in Junior B in Guelph, and we all we go all the way to the overseas and to the Quebec League, and it's it's a it's a wild ride. And Alex shares some great stories, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, but before we get into that, um, I won't keep you too long because like I know people tuning in, they didn't listen to come to listen to me. They came to listen to Alex, so uh, I will make this quick, but. Uh, um, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. Um, all the NHL teams are represented, as well as some original uh, creators, myself, Terry Ryan, etc. So uh, feel free to bounce over to the website and check it out. Also, uh, there in North Carolina, we got uh, Olin Sale, Alec Olin the Five for Fighting podcast, and his dog Puddles. Yeah, uh, does a tremendous job. Um, you know, I hate to give the kid credit, but... But you got to, hey, you got to give the devil his due, right? Tremendous back catalog, Segroy, Bialois, Rob Ray, on and on. Definitely check it out. His latest episode is with Nico Blatchman, the East Coast Hockey League. Um, also, if you're on YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, I have over 2,500 videos on there. Definitely check that out. And while you're all, all while you're also on YouTube, bounce over to Alex's channel. Again, Five for Fighting Podcast. Um, yeah, hit subscribe. He's got all the East Coast League fights up there. Um, like I said, uh, it might not be a big deal for you guys to hit subscribe. It's a big deal to us, though. It helps us out. So if you could do that, that would be tremendous. And, uh, yeah. There you go. There, There's a couple shows for you to check out. And, 
other than that, oh, if you're on social media, I don't know why you would be, but if you want to do that to yourself, come join us. <laughs> uh, fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook. Just hit the follow follow button. I'm always putting up videos and pictures and all that type of thing and some banter back and forth. So drop me a line. And yeah, and anybody listening out there, if you uh, if you have a topic you want to talk about, you want to come on the show and share a story uh, or what have you. Hey, if you're on social media, like I said, send me a direct message. If you're not on social media, you're probably smarter than the rest of us, but you can still get a hold of me. Hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Send me an email. Tell me, hey, good, bad, or otherwise, drop me a line. I love hearing from you guys. And uh, whatever platform you're listening to this, if you could rate and review the show, it helps out. And uh, other than that, I'm going to stop with the demands. I have no more demands for you. Other than I hope you just sit back and enjoy the interview. Um, Like I said, Alex is a great guest and I had a lot of fun. So um, without further ado, let's get into it. Here's my talk with Weapon X, Alex Penner. And I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here on the Fourth Line Voice, got a special guest, Weapon X, Alex Penner on the line. Alex, how you doing tonight? Good. Uh, tip top. Thank you for having me. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, well, like you said, it's uh, you know I I, w- I was telling you before we got going, I uh, I put it out on social media that I'm having you on, and the uh, the folks are fired up, and got I got some questions I'm supposed to ask you, but. Uh, like with all the shows, we'll like you know, kind of like timeline your career, and we'll go through everything. And uh, I got, you know, we'll talk about some opponents and some teammates and some coaches, and, uh, and we'll, we'll get at it. But uh, I guess we got to start at the beginning. Uh, where were you? Uh, where were you born and raised? And where'd you play your minor hockey? I was uh, born in Toronto, and uh, I was raised. Uh, my family moved quite a bit, so there's little little towns of uh, Grand Valley and Orangeville and uh that we lived in in brooklyn but uh majority of the time mostly in toronto uh raised in minor hockey there was a single a with west hill golden hawks and then also double a with lee side kings triple a with Mills flyers and then uh went into junior yeah that uh the first thing uh, i got you down here uh with the uh in the midwestern junior b league with the uh, Guelph Dominators, is that when you were uh, seventeen? Correct. Yeah, that's when I was uh, drafted by Guelph Storm, and then yep. I went to camp. Uh, it seemed uh, to do all right, I guess, good enough to stick around and be on their junior B team. So I had, uh, I guess, a little bit of um, keeping eyes on you while they develop you. So I don't know how much eyes they had on a on a little fighter. <laughs> so. That, but it was it was good to be around with the uh, OHL guys. I was hanging out with uh, um, the draft year was Ryan Garlock and Tyler Haskins. Uh, they were very skilled young uh, young kids at the time. And great great guys, great guys to hang out with. Uh, good good uh, good friends. I haven't seen them in a long time or talked to them, but they were good guys back then. When you were uh, so you're coming up, you played AAA and, and everything, um, and you're kind of getting into the junior role. Uh, were you always like? Were you always physical? Did you enjoy the physical part and the, you know, the 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 fighting? Or when did uh, when did that all start? Because I mean, right away you have seventy five minutes, so I mean, you obviously understand well, the role. Yeah, I think uh, my dad. My dad was a uh, he was a goalie coach for Gulf Storm, and then uh, he uh, had three boys, so time was a little bit limited. So uh, and and with work, so he uh, kind of took a scouting job. But he he knew 
and he was very, uh, he wasn't shy of, to say the truth to his kids. So uh, he told me, he's like, uh, I was fighting at school a lot. And he's like, hey, how about you stop getting in trouble at school? You really like hockey, you want to go somewhere with hockey? And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, your skills are terrible, so won't you fight until your skills catch up, and then you can figure out what the rest of it along the way. And I was like, all right. So that's what I just I ended up doing. I was take power skating with like uh, I did power skating with Cindy Bauer and uh, a couple other guys. Uh, there was uh, the old Schmushkin camp that people know about in Toronto um, that uh, looked appealing. Um, but uh, yeah, there was there was always yeah. So I did. That's what I did. I, I fought until the skills uh, caught up, and I was able to. Uh, carry on to pro which was my goal was to play be able to play pro, uh, pro hockey obviously it took a long way a lot of fights a lot of working out a lot of hard work a lot of dedication but uh, ultimately got there well like you said it uh, so you're you know you're playing junior b and you're kind of you know seven you know 16 17 18 establishing you know that role and and uh the understanding of it um did you take any boxing or anything to get ready yeah, I did boxing at, uh, there was Oshawa Boxing, Motor City. Um, a gentleman, Don, uh, he uh, took, uh, he did some boxing. I think um, the Gilbert brothers, or I think Tyson, I forget the other uh, uh, brother's name, but I think they went there, a couple guys went there. Just uh, But yeah, I did boxing and then Muay Thai. Uh, I, got, I got really into uh, Muay Thai and did some Muay Thai, and that helped with my inner clinching and, and uh uh, kind of grappling inside, doing a lot of clinch work. It really helped me bringing guys in for upper touch and then pushing them out and throwing bombs, and it was good. It kept the hips hips loose and kept good on the edges. That was, uh, yeah, boxing and Muay Thai were really good. There you go. Um, well, yeah, so you you make it into the uh, in, into the OHL you, uh, in 0405 with the storm. Um, you know, you, you kind of you come into camp there at 18 and uh, – you played eleven games, and uh, what was it? Uh, just what was it like getting into the OHL, and uh, in, in terms of that, in that sense, at, in this year with uh, with Dave Barr as the coach, um, it was it was uh, that was that year was good. I was doing well. There was like there was a lot of good talent there. There was like Mark for Steve Litwin, uh, Jamie Vanderveeken. There was like some really good talented uh, uh, guys that you're competing against in '86. Uh, 87, and then they had Ryan Parent, uh, and uh, he came. There, there was a lot of skill there and a lot of toughness that, that was there. And um, so it's, you just got to keep working hard and crack your team. And then, uh, like I mentioned to you before, I think uh, with Dave Barr, I had a lot of good coaches too uh, that went through the program and got to see um, Dave Barr. He was an excellent NHLer, very good. Um, but, yeah, I think I was the only player to get a healthy scratched in practice uh, for practice, just because I fell asleep in a video meeting before practice. So he saw me and he was like, what the hell is that? Get out of here. And I was like, all right, I'll be scratched for practice. And then I worked out during practice and then they said I didn't work out. And I was like, oh, you guys are losers. Like, not not that, but I was frustrated. Cause I was like, what do you mean? I did work out. And then you're getting called a liar and then he fell asleep and you're just like, oh my God, and things aren't looking good. And then next thing you know, they traded for Kelsey Wilson. And I was like, all right, I get it, I get it. Like, See ya, back to Junior B. <laughs> and, and then I was going to, uh, I was going to, uh, I was going to go to police uh, foundation to so become a cop. And that's sort of my goal was. My brother was becoming a cop, I had cops in the family. And 
So I was doing that, and then I got a call from Sault Ste. Marie because my dad was up there scouting, and they asked him if I would come. He's like, well, don't ask me. You better call him. So they gave me a call, and then uh, that's when I uh, went up to Sault Ste. Marie and gave that a go. And uh, the tryout was between me and Joel Recklage, and uh, we were fighting for that. And that was a good, good couple fights with him, and, uh, and I, I got the position. So... And I joked about it before. I'm like, I beat him. I beat him for the position in Sault Ste. Marie, but the fact that it ever worked out for him. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, he went on to Quebec there and had the big year of the junior. And then, uh, yeah, off the Islanders. Uh, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Wherever, whatever. And I was just like, like, the guy's got show games now. I was like, that's all that matters. Yeah, he's a bad dude, man, the record. But uh, in this case, um, you beat him out in the Sault Ste. Marie job. Um, the head coach there is uh, yeah. Craig, Craig Hartsburg. How, how was it playing for him? Uh, great. Very professional. Um, uh, dry sense of humor. Smart, smart man. But uh, my dad knew him. He worked with him uh, before in Guelph Storm. Um, so they had a relations there. So I knew what I was getting into when I went there. And he, uh, I was still I was still a kid joking around. I was 19 years old. I was still being a you know what I mean? Taking too many candies at restaurants and just being a just being a delinquent idiot, really. And he uh, he pretty much nipped that in the butt right away and made me realize if you want to be a hockey player, especially at the OHL level, you gotta you gotta put your big boy pants on every day and you gotta act correctly and you gotta be professional. And if there's people watching and noticing it, so just make sure you're you're holding yourself to a high standard at all times. Well, and like you said, you you know you uh, you know you had uh, seventeen tilts that year, um, and uh, yeah, I was just kind of going over the fight card there and looking at a few of the names, and uh, you had a couple run-ins with uh, Scott Todd a couple times and Scott Fletcher three times. Is there any? Uh, do you remember oh yeah, that? those guys. Those guys. We uh, we we. <laughs> Todd was a tough guy uh, back then, and uh, he there was that. That was a tough. It wasn't as tough as I, I grew up watching. I don't think I, but I'm, I always put things on a pedestal from my view. You know what I mean? When you're a kid watching, um, but there was like Gino Pisolini. There was, there yep. was a bunch like Limith had a tough team. Um, like Jared Bull, I fought, um, right. Yep. Uh, who else did they have? Oh, sad. They had uh Sistito. Sistito. Yep. And, uh, so, yeah, so like they had guys like that's what I mean. The only difference between I guess them and and me is they were able if I can put two goals in a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a difference between guys that can actually play and get points, and then guys that just kind of fight and protect. Yeah, it just it, it just in terms of the well, this is the first time I know you ran into Justin Sawyer playing in Oshawa. How did your how did your first fight with Sawyer go? Do you remember it? Uh, yeah, it was good. We went back and forth. I think I got, I think he got me, uh, I think he got me in the eye or something, but I got him in the beak. Like, me and him always fight. We just ended up being friends and, and everything. And then, um, yeah, we ended up fighting like six times all over. We went over to England and fought each other over in East Coast, Central, everything. And, uh, and, uh, we always end up, he always gets me and I always get him, but there's, it's always been a good fight. Always been a good, uh, pretty, Fair-handed fight, so yeah. Well, one name you mentioned that he did go on and played. I uh, played had a hell of a long NHL career. It was uh, Jared Bull. I mean, you fought him this year. Do you remember that fight? Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I do remember. I think it was in the Sioux. 
And all, all I can remember is we were going back and forth and uh, hitting each other, and then I just remember there was like a stick in my foot, and I was like, oh, let me move that for a second and then kick that away. But um, that's a, it, that's a, it's one of those, I think every fighter has those where you see guys, and you're like, fuck, man, it was like, it was a good tilt. Those are good tilts back then. Like even uh, Stistito, like all those guys went and had great careers and they did their job well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, at this point, um, like you said, you're 19. You had the 17 fights in the uh, in the Ontario League. Um, are are you are you? Why well, you said you got you know you had the the you know you got Hartsburg telling you to kind of you know straighten up and fly right and that kind of thing. Uh, when do you start kind of at this point? Are you still not taking it seriously? Like, are you kind of like ah? As soon as this is done, I'll go be a cop and get on with life. Or are you viewing? Do you have any thought of pro hockey at this point? Oh yeah, no, always thought of pro hockey. Just never, just never really. Because you, you know, what I mean, it's different. You're always, I don't know. At that time, you're just you just want to play hockey. Hockey is what you do, and fighting guys is a lot of fun. It, it definitely hockey is definitely a place where you can they give you literally a weapon, which is a stick, and they're like. Go get your testosterone and your anger out. And you can go battle for pucks and hit club guys over the shins and, and scrum it in front of the net and cross-check each other. And then if you really want, you can legally fight each other and whatever. And it's, it's a good, so it's pretty much it's a good way to stay out of jail, I guess, for those for those kids that are <laughs> have a little uh, get into trouble. I like the, like the, to get into fights. Well, it's like no, cons- it's, it's uh, consensual yeah. assault, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it is, and it's funny, but it's it's something else. But it's 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 just like everything. Like for I always said, so get your team together. Either have to have a bar fight with everybody, which means like the team's out at the bar, and there's the local. The locals are like, "Hey, you're hitting on our women," and then like, you know what I mean? You get into it or something, yeah. or like a line brawl because you need something to unite you guys to let you know that you have each other's and that you're in the trenches. Like that's why the army is so, and the military is so good because these are your brothers and sisters that are there to make sure you get back to your families and, and safe safety and health. Right? So it's um, that's what you need. It's like a little band of brothers thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, like you need that. Uh, you need that bonding moment. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely need a good body moment, and uh, I think every team that is that has that uh, capacity or that element to their games was was able to go far. Like we're seeing it with Tampa and Colorado right now; it's exciting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, you know, following this year, you know, you're a 20 year old. Um, what, what are the uh, you know at, at this point, uh, you're an overager year in junior. Um, what are you uh, What are you thinking about doing? Did you get any any talk with any scouts, like any pro pro offers, or? Uh, well, well, funny enough, I think there was like when I was twenty as an overager, there was like nothing, and I was like, ah, oh, that's great. And then I heard about like junior teams paying, and I was like, oh, okay, we'll check that out. And then um, that's when uh, I think. Overage. That's when I went out to New Brunswick. Yes, rest and I went and played for Ypres, and then that was like just a whole different. That was a whole different scene. And like, it's awesome. Those East Coast uh, gentlemen are are something else. Very friendly, very uh, hospital, hospitable. And then uh, yeah, they, it's it's good. It was good hockey, real rough league. 
it was the fans are real. Uh, they let you know it. I think I got in a couple fights in the fans in the stands there, and then like uh, it was it was a good it was a good time. Yeah, but, but then I was like, <laughs> for some reason, I got a call from uh, somebody saying, "Hey, if you want to come back, then uh, Niagara Falls is." willing to take you on and whatever and uh, I went there and they had the Clay McFadden and then uh, they had uh, some some good players there as well and that was a good that was a good scene Niagara Falls I got to know uh, uh, the Ludwig family Ryan and uh, Steve uh, Jr. and uh, Steve Sr. and that was that's a great family they, they're friends with like probably every hockey player that roams the earth but uh, they're a lovely family and, uh, and very good pleasure to, to meet them and know them yeah, I was going to say, I would imagine playing in Niagara Falls. I mean, that's a pretty nice area, too. And, I mean, uh, you know, in the, in the, it was in the Golden Horseshoe League. And, I mean, 34 games, you had 35 points. Look at you. Snipes there. And uh, in 134 minutes. You're probably thinking, this is pretty easy. <laughs> oh, I, no, it was, it was not that it was easy. It was like, I played with some good players. They gave me, they gave, they allowed me to play and uh, gave me an opportunity to show my skills and the funny thing is, as a fighter, like I grew up, my brother's a goalie. And he, he signed an yeah. NHL contract. Like he was good, so I was always shooting on him. He would always go to goalie schools. Uh, uh, Dwayne Rollinson and uh, lived down the road from us in uh, Port Dover when we were in Simcoe, and like Ryan Vandebush, we got out and we're just, like, so like that's the thing is I can shoot and I can do stuff. And just, uh, hey, we pay other guys to do that. You fight, <laughs> you know what I mean, and then. And uh, and when you get to pro, it's the consistency. It's you got to be able to score and do stuff every night. And uh, I think that comes with confidence and being able to um, play more. Just gave you a little bit more confidence. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like you said, once you get into pro, right, you sort of get slotted into that role, and then it's uh, you know hard to break that role sometimes. You know, when that's what you get known for, and. Um, well, like you said, your first year pro, so you're playing in Niagara Falls, and after that wraps up, um, your first year pro, you end up in Laredo in the Central Hockey League playing for Terry Ruskowski. How did you end up with the Laredo Bucks? Um, somebody set that up for me. I'm trying to remember how. But I remember my brother's agent. He was like with Anton Thun and um, Paul Capizano. I think they were M5 or something back then. But... Um, I think Paul Capizano wanted me to go to uh, Colorado, or he knew Colorado, but for some uh, reason, someone hooked me up with Laredo. And then, uh, oh, and uh, my buddy from uh, Sute Marie was going, um, Andrew Desjardins. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, okay, so we're going to go to Laredo. Let's do this. And um, I ended up playing there with him. Laredo, I, I, funny enough, I think I might be, I might have theirs, or I don't know, I have to check into it, but I was the, I was the, I'm going to say the only one, but I scored the season opener and the season finisher goal. There you uh, go. For the, for the Laredo. I was like, I think that could be a record somewhere. I don't know. Fucking, I only got two goals a year. I might as well look it in and look up something for it. Well, well, we'll say it's a record anyway on this show. We'll say it is. But, uh, oh, fuck. how was it? going to have a lot of records. <laughs> well, how was it playing for Ruskowski? I, it was good. He was, he was good. He was fun. Like, uh, I, I was, a, I was kind of wild back then too. And my roommates were also wild. I had James Hebert and then, uh, we had Matt Summers and, uh, Andrew Desjardins. Uh, Kevin Beach was there for a bit. He was a good goalie. He was a good friend of mine from Burlington. They're, uh, uh, 
and uh, at the time. And then, uh, yeah, it was Rakowski. I think he was a born again at the time, and he was <laughs> he was always worried about me getting in trouble because because I was just hanging out with the wrong crowd, I guess. And he was like, I don't watch it. I was like, don't worry, man. I got this. Don't, you're all good. But he would call me in his office all the time. No, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Um, well, I mean, you know, you, you came out swinging in the in the Central League. And, I mean, uh, you know, you had some pretty tough dudes on your fight card. Um, actually, one of the fights I wanted to ask you about was in the preseason. Um, and he went on to play. Uh, he played a long time in the East Coast League. And then he played in the Quebec League with Jason Hamilton. Do you remember that fight? Jason, is that, is he, um, I remember one fight in preseason. Which team was that? Austin. He was playing. Oh, for yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would have been, um, I think, is he native? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, because there was this big native guy, and uh, I think he came from the Quebec League or something, but I fought him, and literally, it went from the whole song of, like, Eye of the Tiger. Like, it was like, dun. Or like the the Rocky song it was like dun 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 dun, and we just kept fighting and fighting. And then all I hear is dun dun. I'm like, is that song going again? I'm like, what do we do? We're fighting for like five minutes, and then then I get to the I get to the the penalty box. I'm like, I couldn't even feel my forearms. I had to take the tape off my wrist, my arms. Like I get out of the box, and they're like, I get uh, on back on the bench, and they're like, okay. I'm like, I can't take a shift. I can't even hold my stick. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? It was. If that was the guy I was thinking of, he was huge. Yeah, was, and then he, then he was outside and he was trying to fight me in the in the crowd. It's like, and I was like, buddy, I was like, we can go again if you want. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, he was uh, he was intense. I've heard. Yes, he, he is. was intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, as you're going on here in the Central League, and you know, like you said, your first year pro, and you're you're out in Laredo enjoying the nightlife and all the craziness that comes with it. I've heard some crazy things down there in the border town, but, um, Oh yeah. 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 Um, how are you finding the fights? Like, are you are, like, cause now you're not, you're not fighting junior kids anymore. Now you're fighting 20 year old men. And like, is there uh, how are you adapting to it? How did your season of fights go in your first year as a pro? Um, I like to, I like to study a lot back then. Like, I think YouTube and stuff was just coming out and like it was hard to kind of track things down and get stuff, but like whatever you could, you would watch and some of it was like underground crap. You had to find through someone else's post or something or like little chat groups they used to have. Yeah. And then, um, but used to watch them and, and try to fight like pretty, yeah. If you're a fan of fighting, everyone knows what I'm talking about. And, uh, you're looking for these fights and you see them. But, uh, back then, like as a, 21 year old kid you're literally because you're you went from being the 20 year old like beating up kids like literally and uh and now you're with men just like you you said and you're you're back to like you're fighting scared you're, you know what i mean and, and you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to lose you don't want to embarrass yourself you don't want to uh let your your teammates down you don't want to get cut you don't want to like you're 21 years old this is how you're starting like you said you come out swinging and, you, and everyone knows Back in the fighting game, you got like the first quarter of the season is your benchmark to put you where you are. Like, so you have to go after the top dogs and you got to make a point. You have to, never now and then, you got to remind people who you are. And like, that's what, that, that's what my, uh, uh, as the years went on, like when I was younger and going through, oh, like, I'd be like, all right, I got in like 15 fights this year. Okay, I got to go and like get, try to get in like 15 bar fights. You know what I mean? You're like 17, like 18, 19, or whatever it is, and you're just being an idiot. 
and then you find out boxing and you can do it and do it better and more smarter and not get in trouble with cops and stuff. But then, um, then pro comes and you got to realize you got to get those, you got to get those guys and you got to get those numbers because other people are looking at stats and they're looking at stuff too. So you got to make a name for yourself. Things was over the years of pros just, you, you can't, you, you have to keep them on their toes. You just, you, you, the, the biggest, my biggest factor was just, you don't know what I was going to do. You don't know if I was going to hit you from behind. You don't even know if I was going to like wrap a stick around your neck or like, you just don't know. And that's what just kept people honest and kept them in check. That I figured I, yeah, well, and that was the thing. And well, I mean, I was going to ask this question later, but I mean, we can ask it now since we're kind of going about it, but as, as you went on and you went and you played in the, you know, in the UK and then you in the East Coast and you'd come back to the Central League and all that stuff, did you find that you had to come almost reestablish yourself every time? Um, it, yeah, it gets to a point where you're good then. It, like after, uh, I think it got to a point where I, I became that guy. Yeah. And I think it's when I fought. Um, I was in Colorado and I fought this guy. Kid, and I remember he asked me, and I was, and I, and I did the funny thing, like try to embarrass him and try to get things going. Like I looked back and I looked at his jersey and I looked, read his name and I looked at him and I was like, I don't even know who the fuck you are, buddy. Like, like I don't even know why you're asking me. I don't know what's going on, man. And then I ended up just, just railroading him. Um, I forget the kid's name, as you can tell. But yeah, it was a good fight, but I just destroyed him. But yeah, that's when you. That's what I mean. That's when you become. I guess uh, you become your own little lion, and you got the little lions coming after your pack. You know what I mean? So you gotta, you gotta uh, protect your ground. Yeah. Well, there's always someone coming, right? But, uh, but always, there's, and that's it, the thing. When you get up to that, you get up to like, so say you and Morasti or you and Yablonski or whoever the fighters would be, they're going for their championship belt because those are the guys. But then you have the young guys coming and having kind of doing their ranks and you know what I mean? So, and you can see who you're fighting. Like I'd be getting injured in my eyes or whatever, my hands. And like, I'd be like, I see Morasti in like four games. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to fight this game and then I'm going to take this game off. So I have my hands that are fucking set for that because I'm going to put a show on for that one. Like, so... It's, yeah, when you're younger, you just go. When you're just fighting scared, you just you just go. And, and then when you get younger, you get more confident. And you're like, all right, I know what I'm gonna do. And then you see. Then once you're in the fight, you see things. You see little like gaps where you can get uppercut now, or you can go for the body, or you can switch, or you know what I mean. You yeah. can feel it out. Well, yeah. Well, like I said, as we're going through here in Laredo, um, a couple of the names come up here on your fight card that you see. As your career goes on, you have you have a few run-ins with these guys, and uh, just want to see if you got any thoughts on any of these guys. First one is uh, Adam Smith. Oh yeah, um, big boy, lefty. He was he was a little he was a little dirty though. He was I didn't like that. That was the thing. He was an eye gouger, a fish hooker. Like it is what it is. Like you just got to know that going into it. Like I, but hey, the thing is, like he did his thing. He did good for himself. He was he did he had a good career. Uh yeah, his brother had a good career, but like I had him tied up and I heard him screaming for the ref and to me I have that I have that scream for the rest of my life, so I'm good. <laughs> well, another name, Kevin Harvey. Oh beauty. He's a good guy. Uh friends with him, good guy. Um I my coach in Colorado when I was injured and stuff, he would he'd get mad at me because he'd be like, Why are you fighting Harvey? And I was like, Because I know Harvey, and he's just going to jump me. 
thing. I'm fighting him because I can score at least, at least this way. I can square off. <laughs> and, uh, and, but he's, he's a good, he's a good guy. He was, he was, um, yeah, he was wiry. He'd throw him and he didn't care. He'd fight anybody. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I heard in the, through the grapevine folks here, you're hearing it first. There might be, there might be an ice war sighting with Kevin Harvey. We'll see. That's the rumor anyway. I, I heard on social media ever since you know what ever since like the the ice wars went on like I've been watching people and they're stirring it up but oh, hey, yeah. man, like I told you if they want to if they want to put out some good money they'll get some good guys and they'll get some good fights and, like it'll be fun but we'll see absolutely um, well one name uh, it sticks out great name I gotta ask you because you're a WHL guy watched him in junior here Robin Big Snake. You fought him in Rio Grande. Do you oh, remember yeah. that fight? Oh yeah, that was a good one. Uh, that was along the boards. Um, I forget how it went, but he's that was a, that was one. I remember him in the OHL. He came over to the OHL yeah. and he was like, beat up some guys. So it was a, to have him on the on the card was a good one to have at that time. I liked to, I liked I like having him on the on the, on the fight card because he he was a tough cookie. Yeah, he was. You're a solid player too. Yeah. Um, well, the following year, um, you, you uh, well, you played in the not only in the uh, East Coast League with the infamous Johnstown Chiefs, but you also played at some American League time in Lake Erie. Um, but before we get to the American League, I got well, I got to ask you about Johnstown, famous for the of course the movie Slapshot and everything else. What was uh, what was the scene like playing at the War Memorial? Oh, I think we were that War Memorial was awesome. That whole town was awesome. I actually got to meet the red, uh, real Reggie Dunlop and um, Josh Knight got his coat and we're like wearing this like old red leather coat out and we're getting hammered at the aces where they used to get hammered and I would, uh, I would have uh, go to the bar and go have smokes and just like sit at that dog that saved it. It was, it was yep. awesome. It was literally slap shot. And, uh, and uh, I got there because my brother, my brother was playing for them because my brother signed with Columbus and he was there as like the, because he was like the fourth goalie, he was with Pascal Leclerc at camp, and then he signed because he was like a invite, and so he signed uh, his entry level contract with Columbus, and then he went down to Johnstown. So they're like, "Oh, we hear you have a brother," and he's like, "Oh yeah, he would love to come." So I came went to Johnstown. I signed with them and went to Johnstown because of my brother, and then but he was gone up in Syracuse, and yeah, I just started fighting everybody down in Johnstown, and it was awesome. Like you could you can go anywhere for twenty bucks and get hammered. Um, like it was voted like the most depressing place for young adults in the in America, and uh, it was it was hilarious. Great people, good. I met some good people there. Um, what what were the differences with the? Uh, did you find any of the difference between the Central League and East Coast League? Um, yeah, East Coast League was uh, younger, younger guys. Uh, a little bit more of a development league, like feeder feeder system for the American League. A lot of guys were on contracts three ways or um, out of university, and like they're a little younger. Central was a little bit more older. It was guys that say they did their five years in the East Coast, and they're like, "Hey, I just want to play somewhere nice and warm." So like they went and got a, a little nice town, or it was kind of like a pop up team that was treating them well, gave them everything. So it was one of those. Uh, that's all I saw about it. It was like Laredo. We had Jeff Best. Like it was awesome. Like, like there's some good players, man. And like, uh, yep. like don't forget, like uh, Colorado had uh, Greg Pankowitz. Like, like 
there's some good players. They're just a little bit older, right? So like uh, you had more your 20 year olds to 25 was more East Coast, and then your 20 to 25 year olds were like guys like me in the Central, trying to just just trying to get the foot in the door somewhere so they can make a name and build up. Yeah, well, a couple of teammates in Johnstown I got to ask you about. Uh, first was Trevor Hendricks. Oh, amazing guy. Amazing. He was so funny, man, because he was like, a lot, okay, put it this way, in Johnstown, it was a two-way uh, thing. They had, um, they were getting fed by uh, a Columbus and um, another team, I forget, Atlanta or something, Nashville. I think it was Nashville. And so, like, we had all these star players. There was, like, Cody Berkowitz and, like, it was it was retarded. I was like, this is unbelievable. Here I am just fighting, protecting all these guys and giving them confidence. And uh, and it was it was it was amazing. Trevor Hendricks was, but okay. So this is where I was going with this. Trevor Hendricks was on like a Columbus, uh, and he was good, and he and he played in the OHL. The really good, tough guy. But like every time he was having a bad game, or just didn't give a fuck, he would just look at me and just be like. Hey, you want to do this? I'm like, all right, let's do this. And then we just start a line brawl because he would like run a guy or something. It was hilarious. Like me and him, like I had like tag team champion belts for us in the room because we just like he would. <laughs> it made me laugh because I loved it. He'd be like, yeah, you want to do this? I'm like, oh yeah. Every time he just gets so mad, he's like, I'm getting out. I'm getting thrown out. He's like, fuck this. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, how about Jason Spence? Oh, amazing guy. Um, one thing I'll say about him is apparently he, he doesn't have like a throw up belt. Like he doesn't have like, he just can't throw up. So, you know, when you get too drunk, your body like throws up, like his body just takes it. And that guy just can drink. He's an East coaster and he can drink. So it was, it was good. It was good drinking with him. I can <laughs> never keep up, but he was awesome. Like he had the most PIMS in like the Quebec league, like four or 500 and like, he was an animal. Like he, he's, and the, he would be blocking shots in practice, and then he'd be like, yeah, Pens, let's go. And I'm like, holy fuck, this is what we got to do now. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, these guys aren't going to get better if we don't actually play like we play. And I'm like, all right. So me and him are blocking shots because we're on the PK, and they're doing their power play and, like, just taking shots. And, like, after practice, he'd be in the ice tub just like a wounded soldier. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, this guy's intense. <laughs> Uh, well, halfway through that year, you got you get called up to the American Hockey League with Lake Erie. Um, that had to be, I mean, you're, you know, at that point, shit, man, they're one step away from the show. What was, uh, what was AHL life like? That was, that was what I was, I was kind of striving for and going for just because, like you said, you're one step away and that's where my brother was. That's, that's, that's where you kind of wanted to see yourself and, and get yourself ready for the show. Um, it was it was awesome. Uh, I was with Cleveland. There was a uh, Cleveland was a nice like some people chirp Cleveland. They're not bad. I I enjoy it. like man. I lived in Johnstown. Like I can live anywhere. Like I, as long as there's, there's good people everywhere. Like yeah. the news might paint it like there's there's always whores at every corner, but there's legitimately good people everywhere. You just you just got to give them give them a chance and and see what happens. Hopefully, uh, but. Yeah, it was it was awesome, and uh, they had a good team too. Like uh, Frank Chris Stewart was like up there, and like he was going up and down with Colorado. Like they had, uh, it was they had they had a lot of good talent, and then uh, just fighting guys up there like uh, Scroy. <laughs> and then Scroy got called up to Syracuse, and I was buddies with him, and he was buddies with my brother, and like he's a funny guy, but he's uh, he's, he's he was just like the kid got called up before me. 
I'm going to prove them that's a wrong choice. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god, I'm like this this guy's going going hardcore in the news. And uh, but it was a good tilt. And Morassi was there. Like Syracuse always had a good team. But uh, yeah, it was a long one. Like Scroy kept on calling off the refs, and I was like, I can't say no. Like I got to keep going, man. So we were just keep going and keep going, and then yeah, I think I just fell at the end there. And uh, yeah, it was good, good tilt. And then it would have been nice to get Morasti there. Morasti asked me, and I was like, okay. And then uh, coach was like, no, no, you had your one. I'm like, no. And then uh, Jesse Bowler Reese was there, and I asked him, and he's just like, buddy, he's like, I did it once. He's like, if you're if you're going to just obey the coach, he's like, you better win, and you better win big. <laughs> and I was like, oh god. <laughs> I was like, uh, maybe I'll save the Morasti one. I was like, I'm, I'll be lucky to make it out. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I just want to fight him and see how I do. And then, uh, but yeah, like Jesse Bowler Reese, I remember him from OHL, yeah. Gulf Storm, because my dad was uh, the coach there. Two handed, two handed Andrew Long, like right in the face, broke him, broke yeah. his like broke his face, and pulled, and. Uh, and that's what I mean. Like back then, like that crazy stuff. That's what got you noticed. And that's where like teams are like, I want that crazy psycho. That guy's going to kill someone. Like I want him. And like that's that's the the mentality. Like I was, well, that's what I thought. That's what he, I, you know what I mean. You just got to have that like that Viking mentality where you're just going in. You're going in. You might not come out, and that's okay. But uh, but then there's like Matt uh, Matt Cassian. He was a big boy. Yeah. He had a good town. Uh, he had a good uh, name for him. And I pulled my my uh, move that I pull on him, and he was like, he, he thought I seatbelted, and I was I laughed, and I was like, because I got this move I pull, and, uh, and I was like, buddy, how can I seatbelt you? Seatbelt you, and I had an arm free. I was like, my arm was free, and I was punching you, but but you were tied up. I was like, no, it's not a seatbelt. I was like, what, buddy? Like, I was like, I know, I know you're tied up. That's the whole point. Like, that's my move. I'm like, fuck, um, but yeah, and oh, the biggest one was uh, you know Chris Durno. Chris Durno was, uh, I think he was assistant captain or something, but he was there with Lake Erie Monsters. He told me Francis Lassard was a righty. And Francis Lassard is a pure lefty. Yeah, what's this guy and trying so to do I, here? Oh, buddy, I ate like three bombs off the fucking start. And, I was, and Francis Lassard like speared me in the nuts too off the start. And I was like, oh, okay, he's one of these guys. I was like, I love it. Um, but yeah, and then uh, his he always bought, even in the Quebec League, like he, ties it tight like his bucket's always tight so it's harder to get off and so it was like yeah so speared left couldn't get the bucket off i was like this is a terrible outing for me <laughs> <laughs> and, and then i was like at the, at the end of it i was just losing it then i was just looking at journal i'm like what the fuck i'm like this i'm like these motherfuckers are scared i'm like they're they're either scared of me taking their jobs or they're just fucking idiots like one or the other like i'm gonna assume they're scared of taking their jobs because that's that's the American League for you. East Coast, everyone's happy to be playing hockey, and that's all they want to do is play hockey and move up to the next level. Where American League is kind of like management work. Everyone's like screwing you in the back and trying to fight. And everyone's, yeah, you know what I mean? Because they want to get to yeah. the NHL. It's a step they'll, away, they'll, yeah. Everyone wants the big money, money, right? So they'll sell you out, yeah. Yeah, they're like, I'm breaking curfew. Blah, blah, blah. Like, just worry about yourself, man. Like, yeah. Just worry about yourself. Well, hey, I was I I, sent, I asked Segura today. I sent him a message. I told him you were coming on. 
I said, you got any stories or you got anything to say? And he said, well, I played with him in his rookie year in Johnstown. I think the following year we both started in Johnstown. They got called up at separate teams and fought each other. I think I edged him a bit in the fight, but honestly, I don't remember seeing him lose for a long time after that. Great guy, crazy as hell, but I respect how he took his lumps at first and grew into a real force to be reckoned with. That was what Segroy said about you today when I asked him. So, yeah. Have you seen what he's up to now? He's got this like boxing. He's doing good. Yeah, he's he is. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, this guy, this guy had videos of him like tapping on the street with like vanilla ice and like New Orleans and like he was. This guy had movie. This guy had like you'd be like, you did what? And he's like, yeah, man, I made my own rap like song. I, I knew a producer. And we made my own song. I was like, what? And he threw it on and fuck, man, it was it wasn't bad. Like I, I was like. I was expecting something to be terrible, and I was like, no, man, this is not bad. I was like, Jesus. I'm like, he's like, seriously, what do you think? I was like, no, man, like, I know guys might, like, chirp you, so I was like, this is not bad. Like, it's not poorly produced. It's it's not, like, easy. He, 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 the guy was too funny, man. He just had all these stories, and he was just, he knew everybody, and he was, oh, it, was, it was funny. Oh, yeah, I mean, the dude fought everybody, played on a million teams, and uh, I, I'm, uh, I was talking to him, well, I, I've talked to him off and on, but... Yeah, we're trying. I'm trying to line up a time with him. I got to get him on the show here. I think that might be about a three parter. Yeah. I think if we really get him going, but uh, oh man, he, and he's smart. He's a smart guy. Like we, we talked about concussions and stuff. Like I went through him, and like I think he went through him. Like and like they're like, oh, how are you affecting? He's like, man, I'm fine. Like fuck, man, I'm fine. Like like I went through like a phase there, but fucking like I was also going through a phase with drugs too. So like it wasn't a big deal. Like, you know what I mean? Like you you work out your issues. And uh, and you recover like some people have damage and stuff, but like he's he's doing really well and yeah, I have no issues and stuff like that, so it's all good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, so you you, you play you have your run there in the American League. You come back down to Johnstown. Um, the following year, you end up in Colorado. Um, I'm I'm assuming once again because I mean your brother's playing net and stuff. Did you kind of? Did, was it because he was going to Colorado? You figured you would too. Like, how did that all work out? Uh yeah. Like they were they were a tough team and they loved toughness and yep. uh, they heard about me make my way and I had a couple of American League games and fights there. So we were like, all right. Uh, and then they brought me in and like it was it was it was uh, it was a great it was a great place. Colorado was unbelievable. Like they treated you like an American League team. It was uh, it was fun. Like. And, but they, they they had a good base. They had a good base of guys that been there for a while. They had a good connection. Everyone got along. Pretty much, they they handpicked their guys to come in just because they know they have such a good core that if you don't fit in, then you're kind of out. You know what I mean? And they'll yeah. they'll fix. They they're to win. And that's they they have a winning recipe, and they they try to stick to that. And then if you don't gel with that recipe, then you're not making you're not making the soup. Yeah, so, well, yeah, like you said, but, they've been successful, and I mean, all the guys I've had on the show and everybody I've talked to, Colorado, none, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about Colorado. Everything's been like, oh, it's the best place I've ever played, and and all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, their production is—they were by far beyond anyone else. Like I remember, like that Weapon X video that's out there. Um, they had they had a young gentleman make that, and he, and he went on to going uh, to the NHL. I think. He, did some stuff for uh, Dallas, and he's with uh, he's with NHL team now. But he made he made that video for me of like the the head coach like Chris Stewart saw it. And he's like, no more videos. He's like, this is bullshit because like that's the one thing uh, 
that's why I left Colorado there, just so I could explore more and try to go back to the American League and stuff like that. Because with Colorado, like, unfortunately for me, Colorado moved up to the American League and everything worked out for them. But um, they like to keep their guys where they uh, their core teams there. So you know what I mean? It's harder. It's hard to leave there because they treat you so good. But uh, for me, I wanted to leave to try to go back to the American League and try to make it to the NHL, which is ultimately, I think, everybody's goal when they when they start playing hockey. Even when they're a kid on the road, screwed on the net. Yep. Well, I got to ask you: the first year you go to Colorado in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, the head coach is Kevin McClellan. I mean, you talk about bad dude, man. That guy's tough. What What was it like playing for him? Oh, um, Kevin McClellan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was. It was. He was too funny, man. This guy, like, he would do stuff just to throw you right off. Like I, he would eat, like he would, he ate, he smoked these marble reds or something. Then he would take like two puffs and like finish the whole thing. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then like, you'd be sitting there and you'd just eat the butt and just swallow it. And, like, and then walk inside. He'd put it out on his tongue, eat it and like walk inside. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like the, the armpits, like uh deodorant spray, he'd like spray and then like spray it in his mouth and be like, ah, fresh, I'm ready. And I'm like, I'm like what the fuck? Like he would always do like these weird antics just to throw you off and uh but he was a funny guy like you drive by his house and he'd be like in a silk robe out back like pretty sure he's naked under there but he just hacking darts on the back porch just loving life in his robe and i'm like this guy's a beauty <laughs> um well speaking of you had a couple beauties there in colorado you played with speaking of tag team champs what was it like playing with fraser flippick man that guy was awesome yeah, he <laughs> he was uh, he was my roommate actually on the road, and me and him would literally stay up the night before games and plan out how we we're gonna like literally like, hurt people. Like, all right, you're gonna dump it in, and when you like, if I'm coming with speed, I'll yell like, yeah, 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 and then so you know I'm coming with speed, so you know to dump it in, so I can really railroad that guy. And then like we just like we're like, all right, we're gonna attack this and do stuff. We'd come up with plans at night just so we could like start fights or do whatever or okay, who you fighting or who you got. And then we'd just go and like have a couple of beers or whatnot and uh and uh, go have fun. Well, speaking of fun, well you gotta I gotta ask you about some of the some of the tilts you had that year. Um one of against an he was an established tough guy, did it for a long time, was uh Carlisle Lewis. He had a couple fights with him. Oh yeah, he's uh, he was a big boy. It was, yeah. um, and that was the thing. Like when you get when you get a couple of the fights going, and then you come back for like a round two or a round three, you start to uh, you start to realize and pick up on their habits, or you get a little bit quicker, and then uh, you start to get a little bit more confidence, or you start to realize what works and what doesn't work, and uh, and that's the best part. That's the best thing about losing or getting caught because it, it makes you humble and. Uh, and then realizes like, all right, I gotta keep, I gotta stay sharp all the time. I gotta keep this out. I gotta keep the chin tucked. I gotta make sure I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking, you know what I mean, or, or reaching too much or off balance. So like, that's, that's a good thing about getting tagged or, or, or losing. It, it makes you, makes you realize uh, what you need to be better so you don't lose. And that's, uh, and that's also like, who hates? It? Like, I hate losing. I hate losing, and I don't. Especially in fighting, like in games, I can kind of swallow a game, like all right, puck didn't bounce our way or something like that. But with fights, it's it's all you. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, oh, the ice had too many ruts in it. Like, no, like it's it's 
just you and him, you and whoever that is out there. Yep. It's uh, literally gladiator. It's what it's what ice wars and ice fights and gladiators on ice and whatever production is going. And that's pretty much what it is. It's just two gladiators going at it. Yeah, it's interesting as I've done this show and I've talked to all the different guys, and it's interesting to hear everybody's. Everyone has a different approach to things, and uh, some guys are like really they study it. Like they're into the science of it and like watch video and work on things and, and practice with guys. Other guys just like, ah, fuck, see his face, punch it, you know, whatever. They're not, you know, they don't care. They just, what, I mean, you sound like obviously you're a video guy. You were like a student of it. Is this, is that a fair assessment to say that you were a student of fighting? Yeah, like, uh, like, yeah, go, like, I, just fighting in general, I'd be like, there's, like uh, the show came out like fight science, and they went down. They projected like, and they went down how to like generate more power, what it take. Like, then that's the other thing is like I'd always wear a belt guard, and I made sure I wore a belt guard. If I didn't, I didn't want to fight without it, just because of the reason, the concept of it is just to protect, right? But yep. the harder you bite down, the more you can secure the nerves. There's like seven nerves, but the major one that runs in there, but they, they're located in your ear where your jawbone connects your skull. So if you can protect that by um, keeping that space in there and keeping that nerves from rattling by uh, chewing on your mouth or biting down on your mouth guard, then that will uh, limit uh, limit the opportunity of you being knocked out or even a flash knockout, which is just a little quick little knees jerking back up. But you can and you can take more, you can effectively take more damage by just wearing a mouth guard than you can without one. Yeah. Did you, um, I know uh, I always have listeners that always want me to ask this. And it comes to jerseys, were you a big, like, jersey mod guy? Did you ever have the oversized sleeves and do all that shit? Did you do anything to your jerseys? I, no, yeah, I wanted more. Uh, I wanted to make sure my jersey was always on. I had a tie-down in the front and tie-down in the back. Yeah. And, like, some some teams didn't do a tie-down, so i just throw a quarter in a, in a skate lace and just, t- just do tie the quarter and tie it to me. Because I wanted it tight, like, because I want to know, like, I would always have it so my elbow pad can get loose and I can be a little freewheely there, but I loved my shoulder pads. My shoulder pads were custom. Like, I custom, I showed uh, Justin Sawyer my shoulder pads, and he was like, oh, fuck. And, like, I made it so, uh, I got it from uh, Ryan Vandebush, actually. I made it so that when he grabbed onto it, it fell apart. And so the whole chest would just open. But when I was playing, it's all, all together. It just held on by a very loose strap that... Uh, engages when you go to grab it and it falls apart and then i had these uh, warrior cups sewn onto it and they were like nice oversized cups so that uh when i went to go hit guys i had well protected shoulders so i wasn't damaging my shoulders but also in fights when you're stringing guys out the cups would roll forward and they would protect you from any uh blows to your jaw and then in uh, uppercuts coming up and inwards so there was always i always had like devices there and, and uh and then my elbow pads, like, like I, the shoulder pads, I ripped out the part that covers your uh, sidearm. Like, so I would take literally cross checks to the arm with no padding. And I'm like, all right, whatever, just take, you know what I mean? My, my, it's all meant to like, block out the pain and just take it. Big tree, need a bigger axe. And, but, um, and then my elbow pads, I cut off the top part and they were just little, little cups, just little cups and little forearm there, just so like things can just fall off. I like to have it. But as far as my jersey, I didn't want it to come loose. I just wanted to make sure it's there. Because you can grab me, that's fine. But like, if everything to me, if everything slips off, like man, I'm gonna, I'm going for solar plexus. Like I'm going for kidney shots. Like if I can see what I can go for and not protected, like I will make sure that I, I, I get it. In, in terms of the fighting, um, 
did you kind of like, you know, you come together and like initially just get into it? Or were you a square off guy? Did you prefer to square off or did you want to get into it right away? I like to square off because yeah. um, I, I, when I was younger, my brother hooked me up with uh, Brandon Sugden and I learned a lot from uh, Sugar. And yeah. that guy, to me, he was one of the best fighters. Yes, you know he, was. he was. He I was agree. knocking guys out in the American League and he killed guys. It was unbelievable. And um, and he taught me a lot. Like, there was, like, you can come in with a, a jab. Like, there's certain people out there, like, everyone had their own little ch- tricks. Like, yep. and, like, and uh, I like like you would, uh, like I tape up my wrist. Like I'd come in with a jab or a jab right and see what happened. Up sometimes I'd come in with a wide looping uh, hook, uh, left hook. Just see what what's coming in. See what people are giving me. See what uh, and like with the videos you can watch their habits over the years. A lot of people are feature habits and they don't change much. A lot of things work for them, so they stick with that. And they won't change it or give it a new little look. So it change like gives it a new look for people who don't realize what you're throwing. But um, yeah, so you know what's going on, so you can kind of fake them with this, come with that. You know some guys are just righties, they can't throw lefts, so you kind of like block them out. Like, uh, like uh, I knew it was one guy up in Quebec was a lefty, so I would always like get in there, grab his left, tie him off, and then just fight him, feed him, so he couldn't do it. But yeah, there's like, you, you you fight the fighter, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, styles make fights, right? So it's like, yeah, everything's a little different. Um now, in terms, like you said, you like the square off and stuff. Did um, yeah, again, see, this is always when I have the guys on. I always like, especially the guys that are really into like the science of it. When you were doing the square off, I mean, I always say like with the, there's always that like imaginary line in the sand, right? And did you did you prefer to be the aggressor or did you want him to come to you? What did you prefer? Did you or did, did it matter? Um, if he was, if he was like pumped up and, like, really antsy, then I would be like, all right, this guy's going to jump. He's going to jump in. So I'm going to wait for him, and then once he jumps in, then I'll go. But, again, like, then it's all with distance. Like, I'm a big guy that can cover ground. Yeah. And, like, I used to, like, with my brother being a goalie, worked a lot with strides and pushing and gliding and doing all that stuff, so I can cover a lot of distance with the push and the stride. And then that's the thing. I would be wait, wait, and I'm like, all right, well, this is my thing. Sometimes I'd have my arms up. Sometimes I'd have my hand down. Later on in the career, I realized I'd have it down because I can kind of snap jab out there and coming from my hip and kind of surprise guys. Guys will think you're coming in to grab him, but really you're snap jabbing him. And then once you snap his head back, and then you can come in with the right, and then you're already landed two. He's discombobulated. You can throw him and start grabbing him, kind of toss him around, grab your position, get in there and go. Yeah. When, when, did you, when do you feel like in your career that you started to, like you really had confidence? Like, yeah, like you said, you know, you're fighting scared when you first turned pro and all that stuff. And when did it become, you know, like, like you, you start getting the feeling like, yeah, I'm the fucking man in this league. Like, I'm the guy. When, when I, did, the year that I was like, okay. Like, I when did it all start to come together for you? American League, um, it would be in Colorado, because uh, Colorado, when they went up to the East Coast. Yeah. And, uh, and I was with... Uh, and them, and I just went ran right through everybody that year. That's when I was like, I am unstoppable. And like between between the, the American League and the East Coast, I I have no doubt that I can be one of the top contenders. And I would love to try to uh, seat myself in in somewhere in the NHL and see what I can do there. And um, but that was that was the. Uh, that was the year because that was the one I was fighting Hans Benson, Garrett Hunt, yeah. and I was just 
me and Benson were buddies, and he was just like, Greg, Penner, like, you got my number. He's like, I don't know what it is, but I just can't beat you. Like, you always tag me. You always got me. And that's what it is. Like, the first time I'd fight these guys, you watch them, and they're big names. Like, Hans Benson's a big name. You got people out there. And they fight them, and you feel it out, and then you're like, okay, I got them now. I'm waiting for them. And then you just wait for them to do something, and then you just make your – it's like playing chess. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Um well, that's the other thing, like, I, I I should have asked you this when when we were in the junior part, but I, I've always, same thing when I talk to the guys in the show, it's like, you know, when you first start fighting, it's kind of like, you know, that you're, you know, the spaz kind of, ah, you know, you're just blackout raging fights. But they said after a while, eventually, when you do it long enough and stuff, everything slows down. And now you're thinking about what you're yeah. going to do and all that. When did that start to kind of come come for you? Did, when, did start, when, did, when did fighting slow down and you could think your way through it? Was it in your pro years or in junior in the OHL? Yeah. No, pro years. And the thing is, like I didn't even I didn't even understand or get hockey until it was just too late. And then like my career was done. And that was like with Alan when I like, was finishing off and then I got that huge suspension. That's like so like when when I was in later in my career, like after the after the Colorado year and then I went to um I tried to go Cincinnati, and then they had a lockout, and we all got, like, dumped down and kind of bad year to leave. But then, like, you make your run, and I was making my run at Allen and going back up to the American League, and I was with Kip Brennan and stuff. And uh, it was – that was the time where I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. But, again, you should be feeling good then. You're about 27, 28, and everyone else is probably a little – maybe a little older, but most of them are younger. Like, you are that – that is your prime. That is the time for you to – start taking your, I guess, your position at the throne, as you would say, but or making your push for it, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, yeah, that's what I thought. It was good. Like, And then I went up to the – because I was training in Colorado. I was training with, like, uh, Ed Herman and a bunch of guys, Ryan Schultz. Um, I was friends with uh, and, um, O'Malley that, uh, that he was a Marine up there. Then uh, I got friends with Reed, and uh, they, they took me in at trials um, – uh, MMA gym in uh, Fort Collins. They took me in, and I was training all the time. Like I was getting up at six in the morning, going down there, rolling with those guys. I was sparring with those guys. Like that's why I was just so confident because I was just fighting. I was it was Colorado life. Like I was biking everywhere, going hikings with my dog. Uh, um, it was amazing, and it was just I was yeah I was working out. I was uh, doing high, hockey. I was doing uh, boxing, Muay Thai, grappling. Like it was awesome. It was like those guys were legit and. Uh, they brought me in. It was like a, like a lot of fight clubs. It's like a fight family. It's like hockey. It's like anything. You got your little family, and you're growing each other to be better. And it was awesome. So I'd go to the ring, and I was just dummy guys, and I was putting on a show. I was doing Hollywood Hulk Hogan's, like, and putting the ear out. And it was awesome. Like I was making a name for myself, and it was good. And then going up to um, Quebec, I was in Montreal, and then I was with Grant Brothers, which is like Otis and Howard Grant, who are – uh, Otis uh, fought for world titles, and uh, and Howard uh, was like Pan Am uh, silver and Olympics, and uh, so like they're and they're the ones that train all like George St. Pierre's guys from TriStar, like they're the boxers. So I was up there boxing all the time, and I was seeing all these guys come in, and I was hanging out with them, and it was crazy, and I was fighting all the time, and then I was fighting like bring out how many fights I had there, but um, I was fighting all the new English guy up there, so they were running me through, but it was the fighting, like, the Grant Brothers, like, 
just boxing, so much boxing ex- experience and getting that and being with top level boxers. When I got into those fights, I could see the punches coming. I can see, like, it's just so much confidence. You're moving, you're slipping, you're dodging, you're ducking. Like, it's, 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 it's awesome. And that's when you're feeling good. You're like, oh, yeah. That's why I was doing like two minute fights with Morassi and stuff. I was just, like, we're going the distance because I was doing three minute rounds, no problem. Like, it was, that's what I mean. I was like, all right, here we go. Let's do this. Prime, prime penner. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was, it was, I felt great. It was, it was, a, and then, and then obviously, like, the suspension. But well, we'll, we'll, was good. I was, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, first thing yeah. though, I got to ask you, cause I mean, like I was telling you before we got going, I got lots of UK listeners and they were big, uh, when they found out I was talking to you, they had, they had some questions, but, uh, first yeah. of all, how did you, uh, yeah, how'd you end up in Nottingham, and what uh, what made you go overseas? Uh, funny enough, funny enough, this is how uh, Andrew Desjardins and Moreno got his career going and stuff. Is uh, I my dad um, was scouting up in Sault Ste. Marie, and Kyle Dubis, the uh, general manager for uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, he was getting into uh, being an agent. And my dad's like, "This kid's young; he works hard. Just go with him." I was like, "All right, I'll go with him." And then I was like, "Desi." So I was telling Kyle, I was like, you got to sign uh, Desi. This guy's good. He's doing whatever. And then Kyle signs him. Next thing you know, Desi's up in San Jose. And I was like, oh, fuck me. But, um, but yeah, no, Kyle Dubas, he was just like, hey, man, like, you can go over to uh, England and make, make a name for yourself. And, like, you don't have to worry about anything. And it's all good, like, because you're probably going to bang it out for the rest of your career in the, in the East Coast. You know, if you get lucky, American League, whatever. I was like, oh, truth, truth, uh, truth hurts. And then I was like, all right, I'll go get England a shot. And they're like, yeah, you can be a big name over there. You can do it. And I was like, okay. And I went over there. And um, I forget the guy. Like, the Nottingham guys are going to kill me for this. But there was a big name Nottingham guy that had, he was really well taken care of, really well uh, liked. And they're pretty much like, you can be like this guy. And then and you could. Like, uh, English fans love fighting. They love their hockey. Um, and they love it when you go out for a beer with them. So, uh, but yeah, so they told me to go over there. So I went over there. I got hooked up with Corey Nielsen and, uh, and, um, yeah, went over there and saw what it was all about. Yeah. Well, like you get over there, what, what was your first, uh, so you start playing and, uh, what was your first impressions of, uh, of the EIHL? Was it better than you thought or, uh, what were your, what was your initial impressions of the actual like gameplay? Um, there was, yeah, there was, there was some good players out there. There's some good English players out there. The young kids, like there's some bad English players out there, but, uh, the young kids, they were, they had some, uh, potential. Um, it was funny cause the, the one thing I noticed is, uh, they're not the best at taking passes on their backhand. And like, I would be a dick and just rifle passes on their backhand and just watch it blow up. I was like, take your pass. Like, come on. Like for some reason, English people just can't take a pass on their backhand. But, um, but yeah, no, we had a good team. We had a good young talent. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, there was, it was, I was being me. Uh, one thing I noticed is people in England don't go out till like 11, 12 at night. So like that was new to me. So like I'd be out there at nine drinking by myself until I was like, man, there's no one out. I'm like, this town's dead. I'm like, I thought it was like a university town. And then next thing you know, like 12, everything's crowded, packed. I was like, what the fuck? Me? But they'd party till like, Six in the morning. I was like, oh, there's a difference. <laughs> but 
Yeah, it was fun then. I I hang out at the there's a local fish shop I used to hang out with all the time and like it was I used to help out and it was yeah. It was it was great. Nottingham was fun. I used to walk around, see you guys, everyone everybody was friendly and and um it was I just, I enjoyed myself. It was, it was a lot of history there. Like I wish I I toured around more and and uh, got to know more people and stuff. But I was literally, yeah, I was there fighting. I was there fighting. I would have smokes with fans in the intermission. I'm like, oh, you want to fight? Let's go do this. Talking to them. What uh, in good. terms of, in terms of the different rinks you have, like Sheffield, Cardiff, Belfast. What uh, what rinks did you enjoy playing? What was your favorite away rink to play at? Belfast. Yeah, they they had like bars and like a shopping center in the rink and stuff. It was crazy. They had like eight bars in the rink, uh-huh. and then uh, and then uh, yeah, and then it was good. Like I got <laughs> typical Ireland Belfast. Like I was meeting the boys for uh, drinks and uh, food and beers after the game, and like I got into a couple scuff- scuffles on the way to meeting them. And it was just random stuff. People yelling, and then I'd yell back, and then it's go time, and then. And I told him, I was like, this is kind of like two fights in the way here, boys. I'm like, what is this? And they're like, yeah, this is Ireland. You can't talk back. I'm like, I'm like okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So it was, it was interesting. But I love Belfast. Had a great range. Just big jumbo screens, good seating. Uh, Sheffield is really nice. I never got it. made it to Cardiff because I think it was suspended or something. Um, uh, we had Brayhead, Hull, Coventry, Dundee. Brayhead, Brayhead was interesting. Brayhead was like it reminds me of like an old minor like a minor hockey uh, rink. Um, uh, Edinburgh, I'm pretty sure it was Edinburgh, but yep. I'm pretty sure they had concrete like they had concrete like concrete blocks as boards. I was like, you can't hit guys into this; you blow your shoulder or something. I was like, what the hell? And um, Newcastle, who else? Newcastle, they had like wire as like glass. So you dump the puck in, the puck would change direction. You're like, what the fuck is this? Like, it was like ball hockey. <laughs> yeah, there was like, there's a Newcastle was a great town to party though. Like, you can go for good drinks there. Hall, Hall was all right. Nothing special. Um, I don't even remember the rink there. Um, yeah, Nottingham was good. The crowd was booming. Like, they would pack it. Well, a couple. Good. Yeah, well, a couple of. Uh... A couple of your teammates in Nottingham, I got to ask you about, of course, uh, uh, Gillum Lapine. Oh yeah, Gillum Lapine, right? he's a big boy. He's fighting. I think he's back in the Quebec League fighting or something. But he was a big boy. Yeah, me and him roomed together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like... Yeah, like you say, big dude. Yeah, he actually played. Uh, he played in the Quebec League. He played in the East Coast League this year too. Oh, is that where he was? Well, he played in the Quebec League too, but yeah, he was in the East Coast League for a little oh. bit. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, because uh, yeah, he's a big boy. He likes to fight, and uh, he's a nice, nice guy. He was always a, uh, he was always on the phone with his girlfriend or or something or wife or whatever she was at the time. But yeah, very nice guy. Um, uh, very, he kept it professional. Liked to work out. Um, yeah, liked to fight. Well, you, you mentioned Corey Nielsen. I mean, he was sort of a player coach, correct? Oh yeah, he was player coach, and uh, he was good. He was like, uh, he was he was he was a good guy. Just like he was he was a nice guy, and I was a little wild at the time. So it was, like, you know what I mean? Like you just shake his head at me, and I'm like, oh, sorry, man, I don't know what to tell you. Like I do feel bad, but 
I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> like when, when you went over there, was it sort of, uh, like I, like you said, at this point, were you kind of really, um, you're really kind of amping up the show, like really putting on the, like the, kind of the Hollywood, sh- like you said, the Hollywood Ogan kind of showman. Was that sort of your goal when you went over there? Um, or no. Were you, or were you no, still kind of being it serious? When did the whole Weapon X thing start? When did you start kind of that persona? That was in Colorado. And that was, um, that was because, uh, that was because Tobler, uh, Ryan Tobler in Colorado and my brother, they were like, he's a competitive guy. And, uh, they were playing, um, they were playing together, but I was, I was there on the team and I was, uh, he was just like, Jesus, just cause I was peaceful. Like I, I like to, I like, I like to smoke my weed and I, I like to, uh, stick to myself and pretty peaceful, but he's just like, you're like Wolverine, man. Like, like the, the movie, you know what I mean? Like Logan's chopping wood out and it has a nice little, uh, life. And like, and they come and they're always bothering him because he's good at something. And I was like, that's, he's like, that's you. Like, he's like, when we release, release the weapon, like you just go nuts. He's like, you just let go. Like, he's like, he's like, you're, you'll be peaceful one moment. And then you just lose that period. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess so. So that's how that kind of developed. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, uh, they got the name from that and just stuck with it. And then Colorado with their production, they were doing bombs. So every time like, I got getting fights, they'd have Logan popping out of the water, doing the axe and cutting through it. And then, because before that, I took Brandon Suggins' uh, guns. So I used to do the six shooter, do that. And then the Weapon X came out. So I started doing X. And then, and then uh, yeah, we just went on it like. Doing all the rap songs like X gonna give it to you and like <laughs> stuff like that. So it was it was good and it was fun and it kind of fit my character. And I was a big Wolverine fan uh, growing up, so I was like, all right, I like this. And and uh, yeah, you just can't kill him, you know what I mean? So that's got you got a few. That's got you have a few extra bucks. That's some merchandise right there, man. You got to make some Weapon X. Merch. Oh, yeah. oh well, that's what I was trying to say with the uh, when I was trying to go to ice wars and they're like trying to find deals and then like i think they got like your name for something and I was, it was like I, I i do i do i like to work in my my um like fuck man yeah weapon x my name and stuff it's worth something like and i know it sells and like colorado sold it um rapid was selling it like i had a baker do like a weapon x donut and like <laughs> it was uh like it, like you know what I mean. It sells, and that's what people want. They want a character. They want something. They, they need something. Like it's, uh, it was good, and like it was, yeah. Like we did a lot of videos for Colorado, and it turned into like, oh, because we do like teach the because we deal with American uh, viewers, and, I, and the, the English viewers uh, they they like this. They can YouTube it now, and they can go or go into Colorado's website, and I think it's still there, but. Uh, just game pointers, just trying to teach new hockey. So it was, uh, it turned into a Professor X and, uh, teaching you hockey. And here you are with Weapon X. And, uh, but we do videos and stuff. It was, it was, it was quite, it was a good time. And I had t shirts made and it was, it was, it is, it, it sells. And that's what the thing is that, uh, I like it. I well, liked I'm... it. It was good. It was a good time. With my brother, it was, uh, and, the, and, the, and it's funny how long it's stuck and still, it's still sticking. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of showmen, um, the big rivalry, the big talked about fight over there in the UK was Ewan McMorrow. 
And I know it was pumped up in the papers and on the radio. And McMorrow did a job hyping it up on his radio show and everything. And you ended up fighting him a couple times. And I know you're friends with him um, and all that. Um, how did those How did those fights with McMorrow go? How did you feel those went? Um, they were good. Like uh, the first one, not like the, the beginning of it, not so well. Like he had the upper hand on the first little bit of it. Comes in, does his quick little switch, and then gives it. And then uh, on the second one, though, like I'd give him the first one. I'd probably inch out if I would be biased and inch out on the second one. But uh, that was like leading up. That was huge because like uh, he was with uh, he was playing with Brent Hughes, Brent Hughes and Sean McMorrow were uh, my brother's high school buddies. I knew those guys growing up. Sean McMorrow had a huge name in the, the social gathering crowd and um, in growing and going up through OHL and everything like that. So to fight him and to uh, to survive the first fight was a big deal, and to uh, possibly get the upper hand on the second one. I know if I had a third one, I I you might not like this, but I know if I had a third one, I was fucking going lights out for it. And uh, but yeah, I wanted it. He had the title. He ran that league. He um, he owned it. He was the king of the king of the castle there, and it was it was it was a good, uh, it was a good. Um, fight for me uh good opportunity to get him on the belt on the resume and uh to prove myself again but it was also good for the the uk crowd because i think they needed like a little bit of a rivalry and a little bit of uh that little spark again because he like i said again he was running muck in that league you never you never you never clashed with voth i see brad voth uh no voth was quiet he was he was a he he was one of those like he just keep him sleeping. He didn't, he didn't, and he could play too. And that was the thing. Like, but he, he was quiet always around. And like, I'd look at him and he'd just be like, no, I'm like, all right, all right as long as you don't fuck around, then we're good. Well, uh, one of the, of course, the big things that happened over there was the, was your, uh, was the bench clearing against Coventry when, uh, with Crookshank and all that. Um, and you ended up fighting, uh, Brian Lee a couple times in a brawl. Um, and you got five games for that. Um, <laughs> How did was that? Did you guys have heat with Coventry? Like, did you see that brawl coming? Like, was it uh, sort of br- brewing, or was it just sort of we out had, of nowhere? We had a scuffle. We had a scuffle. Like, I think we had. Uh, I forget what happened, but maybe I dumped the puck, and like I might have like tapped their goalie or something. I don't know. There was something. There was a scuffle, something, and then we were getting put into the box. And then Crookshank was lipping off the ref, so the ref's like, you're out of here. And then he was skating off, and then our goalie was lipping him off, so he just took a hard left and went after him. And then Kowalski just ducked and then uh, spun him over. And then next thing I know, like, it was like benches was gone, and I was like, I'm out. And I was just chasing down, and I just chased down uh, down the ice. And then next thing you know, I just grabbing, and I realized it was Lee. And I was like, okay, I'll just throw you a couple shots here and there. But he wouldn't let go of me. And I'm like, buddy, all you got to do is let go of me. Because I just, I go, there's a lot of fights going on over there, and I want to get in on it. Like, me and you aren't doing anything in here, and you're, you don't want to do anything. So, and then he wouldn't let go. So I just fought him again. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm literally going to have to beat you off me. So that's what I was trying to do. Cause I wanted, there's a lot of fun going on. You know what's funny is, I was just like, finally I got loose. And I was like, all right. And I go, I guess. And thank God my jersey was hanging off because I slipped on my jersey. And, like, I heard the crowd laugh. And I was like, ah, my my wind is taken right out of my sails now. (laughs) 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 And then because I was finally free, I wanted, there was fights happening everywhere. I was like, fuck, let's go. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's like, uh, line brawls or bench clearing brawls are the best. It's like, literally, it's just, you just go run around just suckering anybody and just start punching and just, you know what I mean? Like, don't even grab a guy. Just start suckering everybody. <laughs> yeah. And well, then after you trip on your jersey, that's the end of that. Well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tripping my jersey, crowd laughs. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, boys, I'm done. I'm like, all right. All right, ladies, take a photo. <laughs> well, they gave you five games for that. Was that it? Was that your last? Did you play after that in that league, or did you just come home? I forget. I just remember Colorado was just like, hey, like, we want you. We need you. We're making a run. You can help us. And I was just like, yeah, you got me at the right time. I'm done with this place. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what, what, what led to you leaving? Like, was it sort of just a mutual agreement? Or, like, they didn't, like, shit, um, they didn't shit can you or anything. This was, like, you left on your own accord yeah no no i left on my own they were they were they were treating me right i was just i think i was getting like maybe a little too big-headed or something but i i don't know i don't know man it was it, like mcmorrow got extradited and like sawyer left and like it was just there's no one to fight and like they weren't playing me and i was like all right i'm out of here all i'm doing is drinking and smoking with the fans all the time like <laughs> like that I'm like, I'm out of here. So I went back to Colorado and, and uh, made a run with it with them. And it was good. When you went back this next time and Stuart was coaching and stuff, was there anything different than from McClellan? Um, or is it like, like you said, with Colorado, they just have a, they just have the way it's set up and it just sort of keeps so, rolling yeah, like a like, machine. Yeah. McClellan was good, but he, he was fun. He was funny. And like, he knew his team was so stacked that it, like he just had to roll the lines. Like it wasn't did nothing. You know what I mean? Say a funny thing here and there. If I can look at a guy angrily, if I can try to get fire him up, like but much for Stewart, like you knew what he wanted. He wanted goals, he wanted hits, and he wanted fights. So you better you better deliver one of those. And uh and if the team like and he loved his fans. Like that's the thing is Chris Stewart loved his fans. Like him and, and uh, Ralph Backstrom, like they built that thing, and they they loved their fans. They like like put it this way: when he would look at me, like if there was five minutes left in the game or three minutes left in the game, and like we were losing four two or we were up five two or something, or like it just wasn't entertaining, and fans were leaving, and he'd be like, "There's three minutes left in the game." He'd like, "What the fuck are these fans going?" And he'd look at me and be like. You better put those fans back in their seats. And I was like, all right, fucking go out there and just grab a guy and just start going. And then he was like, yeah, man. He's like, these guys paid their money. They're getting, like, he felt, I think, maybe disgraced or embarrassed or someone didn't stay the whole game of his product. You know what I mean? So he wanted to make sure that fans enjoyed 60 minutes of entertaining hockey. Well, speaking of entertaining, um, you go back, like you said, you leave uh, Nottingham, you go back to Colorado. Well, uh, Fort Wayne rolls into Colorado one night, right towards the end of the year, and John Morasti is on Fort Wayne, and you and him have a, have one of your first of uh, many battles. What was it? Uh, what's it like fighting Morasti? I mean, with that height difference and everything else, and I mean, you've seen all the videos and you know all about him. Uh, what was it like to finally get a chance to square up with him? Um. At that moment, it was uh, it was intense, just because that was probably the biggest name. Like you know, what I mean, as the challenge goes, and the fire's height goes, he knows what he's doing with his height. Like 
Yep. He knows how to get in tight. Knows how to take a punch and wait for that opportunity, opportunity to to strike. And because he's a boxer too, like, and uh, so he's wise and he's he's been hit enough and he's given it enough that he he knows what he's doing. And like going through Syracuse and fighting everybody and uh, like his resume is unbelievable. So just to have them and then uh, I did well and then. I felt like I was getting the upper hand on it, and he just kind of gave me one of those shove backs, and I just kind of tried to cross my feet to catch myself, and I just couldn't catch myself, and I just went tumbling back. And for for a six four guy to dodge like a five eight or whatever, sorry, John, I don't mean to give you a lower height if that's what it's on, um, but um, yeah, for for me, a big man to duck in a little uh, a smaller guy is a pretty good pretty good achievement, and I was. I was ducking and slipping his punches and giving them back to him, so it was it was good. Like, it was. Uh, I think he was a little bit rusty, though. I'll give him that because I think he was coming back from Russia, and I don't think those guys. I don't think they uh, kept it kept on top physical shape over there. No, I think there's a lot of extracurricular going on. I think, yeah. Um, well, another name I had to I was told to ask you about uh, was in Quad City. Uh, you had a fight with Jason Costadine. Do you remember that fight? Yeah, I think that's the one I chased him. Yes, I believe so. I believe so, yes. Yeah, because, yeah, because uh, he was, like, lipping all game. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then, uh, and then he was lipping. And I was like, I, I was like, I'm gonna fuck. I was like I'll, I'll chase you down and get you. <laughs> and that's what I did. I think we scored. I think we scored two on the play or something. And he was just lipping. I just chased him down. And I was like, because, like, yeah, we had, like, I grew up in Toronto, so we had, like, a little bit of a street mentality. But I was also a country boy, so I was a little wild. But, uh, yeah, I was just like, buddy, like, you think you're just going to like, get away with stuff? You're just going to run your mouth and nothing's going to happen? He's like, no, I'm going to get you. And then, yeah, I just chased him down. And I was, and, uh, yeah, and then I, I think I was trying to fight the bench or yelling at the bench afterwards. And I got heated. I used to get heated a lot back then. <laughs> um, well, you, you have the cup, you have the East Coast League run there, uh, 2011, 2012 with Colorado. Um, and like you said, at that point, your crew, your Hans Benson fights the Garrett Hunt, you know, um, you're, you're cruising, you're looking good. Um, following year, you're back in the, in the Central League with Rapid City. What, uh, what made you, did you, did you just feel like you had to get out of Colorado and go somewhere else? Yeah. Like, uh, like I mentioned before, I was, uh, I wanted to make another move at the American League and I signed with uh, Cincinnati. It's unfortunate for me. Uh, I was doing really good camp. I knew the coaches there. Uh, they just, they had, uh, there was American League, I mean, the NHL lockout, so guys were getting sent down. And uh, they just, I saw it on the wall, and they saw it coming. They were getting phone calls, and uh, I knew what was happening. And they are like, hey, I'm just giving you a heads up. You know, I could have gone to uh, Orlando Solar Bears, and I was like, and at that time, I was, uh, I was chasing the money, and uh, when uh, Rapid City was uh, offering me a little bit more money, so I was like, "All right, I'm going to go do that," and uh, that's what I did. And then that wasn't working out because the guy that brought me in wasn't uh, there's there's a little difference of opinion on on me with uh, the GM and head coach. But uh, luckily for me, I got the benefit of the doubt and I got traded to Allen, and uh, that's what it was good. I was there at Allen and. Allen's a real professional team as well, and I felt like I was making strides uh, towards the back to the American League. Um, well, what was it like playing? Well, what was it like playing for Steve Martinson 
in Allen because that legendary minor league coach. Yeah, yeah, he is. I liked him. A lot of guys hated him. A lot of guys, the guy he got under their skin. But I don't know. I like, I like that hard nose. Uh, like, you know, what I mean, check your feelings at the door. You're here to work. Let's go. But he also that was that was what he did. He like fired guys up. But like, you know, what, I'm going to prove you wrong. You fucking asshole. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I didn't mind his coaching style. I liked him. He was uh, he was a good man. So I was going to ask. Enough, he tried to bring me. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, was going to say, funny enough, he was going to bring me back uh, because, like, one of his kids got beaten up and he wanted me to come back and show, teach this guy a lesson. And, and But I got a, I got a, I got a trades job now, and I got paid pretty well. So I was like, yeah, I'll come down on a weekend. He's like, no, 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 I need you for the rest of the season. I was like, buddy, I was like, you know how much money I'm losing just to come play hockey again? I was like, no offense. I got a family now and I got a good job, like. I was like, I can't. It's the, I was like, I can give you a weekend, and then the league's like, this guy can't come for that. And I was like, no, I'll come like every weekend. And they're like, <laughs> so the league was afraid that I was going to fly in and just beat up some guy and leave without no consequences, where they can't find me or anything. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's that's what's going to happen, but that's not what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> I'm not coming up here to like put the stick up the guy's ass and use him as a puppet. Like, that's not what's happening. Like. I'm coming here, we're having a fair fight, and the guy's actually going to fight a man this time instead of a fucking boy. Like, exactly. But then I'm going to my job. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm going to my job, or where I get a where I get my pension and benefits. Like, come on. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. I just had to hit a quick save. We got apparently I was told we got some storms coming here into Saskatoon, so I don't want to lose what we got here. But uh, yeah, well, like you said, you're in Allen. You're, you're getting coached by Martinson. Um, also on that team, uh, you know, had a hell of a career. Uh, minor league legend Daryl Bootlin. What was it like playing with Booter? Oh, uh, Daryl. Uh, I think uh, Daryl. I uh, my family knows of Daryl's family uh, from their OHL days. They're yep. They were uh, the brothers were uh, quite a pair to watch growing up. They were good, uh, able to score, able to hit. They were like a Wendell Clark. You know what I mean? Um, Daryl is a great guy. Take the shirt off his back and give it to you. Um, I hope all the best for him and his family. Um, and, uh, he's, yeah, he took me under his wing and like helped me out and like, not helped me out, but just hung out and anything I need, uh, moving in the stuff and, uh, keeping the dogs company or whatever. He was, he was there to help his family. He was very kind. Um, yeah, he was awesome. And, uh, he was funny too. Like, cause he would fight guys. He'd get all fired up and, uh, yeah, there was some great. They had Alan had a stacked team. Yeah, like Ludwig brothers, like Craig right. was there. Like he had some great. Like they had great. Like the ownership team. Like they they had. There was like Mike McDonald at Bell Fork, Craig Ludwig, uh, Marty Mastruck, uh, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. Like it was crazy. And like they had stories of like, back in the day where they used to like, hang out with Metallica while they were winning the Stanley Cup, and I was like, man, that's awesome. Good for you. So it was fun. Like it was just such a hockey um, atmosphere. Like everything was all hockey. You know what I mean? So yeah. everyone came from hockey. Everyone loved hockey. Everybody wanted to win. And then that Allen, fuck. I mean, they went three years in a row or something. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, um, I. What's that? I was going to say, I would like to start, I would like to think I started that fire by my, uh, my suspension and my, uh, 
incidental line brawl. Well, before we get into the suspension, I'm going to ask a couple guys before that that you fought that year. One of them, a minor league tough guy, you fought him twice in the same game. Um, Eric Lizon. What were those fights like? Oh, yeah. Um, he's good. He, yeah. was, he was a big boy. And he, he could knock guys out. So he he's he's a, a true, um, proven, uh, legitimate heavyweight. And uh, it was good. It was a good fight. Because right? I, I haven't fought him before, so... And like, there's a lot of guys that I know that played with them and fought them and whatnot. So it was, it was good to uh, it was good to get that one under. And then you then you realize what he brings to the table. So you're like, all right, all right. So next time uh, I know what I'm looking for next time. And then you try something, and sometimes it doesn't work. Well, like I said, you started the year in Rapid City. One of the guys on Rapid City with you was Sawyer. Um, you yeah. know, um, was that uh, was there too many? Uh, Chefs in the kitchen, or did you guys get along? Or because uh, I noticed you oh, fought as soon as you went to Allen, you ended up fighting him. So did you guys get along? Oh yeah, no, we we we're still friends. I, I, yeah. I talked to him today. I helped him for Ice Wars. Um, like we're still we're friends today. We fight. It's just, but that was like that was a bullet. That was a good story with Bootman too because I got traded and then we were, we're playing together. I'm like, hey, sorry, we're going. And he goes, he's like, oh yeah, we're going. And then he comes back and goes, yeah, the coach doesn't want me fighting you. I was like. Oh him? I was like, well, fuck him. I was like, that's pretty much why I'm not there. I was like, so I was like, we're fighting. I was like, I don't give, I don't, I don't care if, if uh, he does want you. I was like, either we're fighting or I'm gonna have that boots, boots. <laughs> he starts chirping him. He's like, oh yeah, Pyre's gonna kill you. Like he's like, like all over him. He's like, you won't fight him. You're scared. And he's like, I'm not scared. And like, like Booters just trying to like mentally get him going to like to disobey the coach and just fight me. <laughs> and like it's. It was too funny, and then I just started running around, and then Sawyer's like, "Yeah, we got to do this." And I was like, "Yeah, we got to do this." I'm like, "Of course we do." I'm like, "No offense, like, like I have to prove a point to you to uh, to a coach or to a team, like, you know what I mean?" But yeah, they it's like most teams essentially they have their like their core guys. Yeah, and I came in, and like, yeah, so it was what it was. Well, I mean, we got to bring it up now, of course. Uh, of course, the infamous brawl happens uh, against uh, Fort w- or Fort Worth, and uh, you end up, you know, grabbing Corey Schneider and whatever. And uh, I, I, like, I had, I had, obviously, when I was researching to have you on, I watched your fights and went through the card and read some articles, and I watched the incident. And I mean, okay, he's down, and you're hitting him when he's down, but I mean, I, you know. I've seen way worse shit. I mean, I to all of a sudden twenty games. Like, do you feel like the league railroaded you? Like, that seemed pretty stiff. That suspension. Uh, like, it, was, mean, it, it was one of those where okay, it was one of those we were down like six two, and it was one of those like, all right, send the message. Like, we're gonna play these guys in the finals. We're losing six two. We're gonna let them know like this ain't gonna happen. You know what I mean? And like, so we went out there again. Me and my boy Hendricks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think it was. And then, uh, like, like, yeah, we had Jimmy. We had, uh, we had a bunch of guys. I think Hendricks is there. But, yep. um, but, and, uh, but we had, we were out on the ice and, um, uh, we just, yeah, I, I, I tried to fight the tough guy beside me and he wouldn't fight me. And then I was like, all right. And then, uh, we played the play and then, uh, the play stopped because there was a fight. And then uh, I'm skating for the puck, and I feel like a little slash, and um, and a push behind me, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" 
And then he's like number 29. I'm like, oh, another tough guy, eh? I'm like, all right. So I give him a chop, and then I chase him down. And then I was like, buddy, like, you just pushed me in the corner chasing the puck. You, 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 like, come on, let's do this. So I didn't know who he was from anyone. So to be honest with you, I thought he was just like some little punk. And uh, that was, I don't know what he was trying, but I thought he was trying something because he uh, pushed me uh, going for the puck when the whistle went. But uh, yeah, then I... I guess you could say I kind of went over there and gave him a bear hug and I like, kind of hugged him and took him down there and uh, a little swat, little bear swat, I guess you'd call it. But yeah, ground and pound, and then I literally just pinned him down and just went like kidney shots, like selectively picked him. Like I wasn't there trying to hurt him, but let him know, like, here we go, like kidney here, liver there, this, that. And then, uh, and then I saw their guy coming over to get, it, to get me, and then I got tackled down. But yeah, it wasn't. And, like, the funny thing is, I was like, are you kidding me? The ref was standing there the whole time. And I was like, the ref went, hey, Patter, we're done. I was like, all right, we're done. You know what I mean? But ref said nothing, and that guy wasn't knocked out. So as far as the fight goes, either go until he's knocked out or you go until the ref says something. Like, and none of those happened. So Yeah, well, so then when, you get the th- when you're told that the league gives you the rest of the season and the playoffs, were you just like, uh, well... I mean, oh, it, like, but, like at that point, I mean, what it, do you do? Like, what do you do? Like, oh, oh, I, I can't even, uh, I can't go into too many details yet. I, I think I have to give like a 10 year waiting period before I can start saying some of these things. But, um, yeah, how long ago was that? Well, maybe two years I can tell them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, maybe one more year, one more year, I think. But yeah, so pretty much like I was like, all right. So I started sitting. Around, I was hanging out with the, still hanging out with the team and stuff. And they're like, hey, we can't pay you. Like, and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, we're actually going to release you so that we can free up a card so that we can pick someone else up for the playoffs. And I was like, understood. I get it. All right. And then I was like, no, like, you can still stick around. We want you to support. And I was like, okay. So pretty much, you got to figure out a way to make money and bargain around on your own i was like holy fuck so like i did that for like a month and then i was like i can't do this anymore i was like this is just too much so i was like i gotta go home and it was like two rounds into the playoffs when they were winning and uh yeah i remember ed belfort walked up to me and he just looked at me he's like man you got fucked <laughs> i was like oh thanks and then he like walked away <laughs> i was like it's me jenny thanks for you yeah, I mean, did they kind of really, yeah, well, clearly, I guess, like you said, they're not really offering any support at the same time. I mean, I guess if you're suspended for the regular season in the playoffs, I mean, what, you know, <laughs> I guess there's yeah. not much point at that point. But, I mean, that, like I said, that but, after watching that video and stuff, it's like uh, somebody at the league office, I think, just wanted you out of the league, I guess, because that was a bunch of bullshit. Me, like, you're a repeat offender, I'm like don't even give me this repeat offender bull crap. I'm like, because every year I was, I told myself I had to take a suspension. You know what I mean? Just to keep people on their toes, keep, keep, keep everything fresh. You got to do something. You got to do something crazy. You got to get suspended. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they give me the repeat offender, but literally it was because, um, Allen was just, uh, a target and Fort, uh, Fort Worth was, complaining and they were going after the league and they were doing whatever and they were trying to make a case for it because they were thinking if they can get rid of me it would hurt Allen and Allen would have an opportunity at the playoffs and Allen's like one of these big swinging dick fucking teams with all their cool owners and like so they didn't like them 
You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, so literally, I'm just a scapegoat for everybody. I'm like, all right, straight. Like, I got to take this one on the fucking chin. Yeah. Well, so the following year, <laughs> here we go. We're going to the jungle. You end up in the LNAH. Um, at that point, what, like, okay, you're done with Alan. I mean, what were you thinking? You're sitting at home over the summer. Now, what is, what's the game plan? Are you thinking about going anywhere, or was it just whatever, and the Quebec League phoned you, and let's go? Oh, no, you're, you're like every other typical, like, said, like, pro guy. You know what I mean? You're freaking married with two dogs and living in your parents' basement. You got no freaking life. You got no freaking, you got a high school diploma. Like, you're, like, landscaping for the local, like, landscaper, like, moving rocks and stones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Quebec calls you, offers you, like, two grand a weekend or something, you know what I mean? It's X amount, like, a game. You're like, fucking right. Like, it's more than I'm making up here, shoveling shit. Like, fuck that. And then, uh, so, yeah, you jump on that. And then that was that was a gravy gig. I just trained. I trained Monday to Friday. I just trained, go for runs, box train all i did was train and then on the weekends just go let loose fly up and just fight and then i was just like i can drive up because i can freaking uh take whatever i needed with me and and you can always just pull over or sightsee or whatever with the truck so i just load up the truck and drive up and sometimes i'll get in fights and i just oh that's what it was i, I got in stitches and I, I was in quebec and i was like and then, luckily, it was, like, in the middle of the night, and I got the one English doctor, like, in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, I'm never doing this again. So I started driving up there so I could at least drive to Ontario and get an English doctor to fix me up and stuff like that, right? Because I, like, I was fighting on John Guerre, like, up in Jacoutimi, like, literally backwoods French. Like, there was, like, the, English not exist. Yeah. yeah uh, so I'd be driving with the- bandages up 15 hours just to get home and just bleeding all over my truck and uh, this is great (laughs) um did you uh yeah i mean the quebec league i mean everyone everybody listening you know they know the craziness of the quebec league and everything and i mean obviously you're you know you're a fight fan so i mean you knew all about the league and what it was about and i mean did it match the the craziness that you thought it was going to be um it did. It did. But unfortunately, it was way crazier before my time. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, back in 05, 06, you know, the boss of years and sucked in and all them and Link Gates and all that stuff. But, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, it was, it was crazy, but it was still crazy. But that's why it was the toughest league because it wasn't tough because the guys were the toughest or the best fighters. It was tough because like, you had to fight every night maybe twice, maybe three. Like, there was no nights off. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to take a night off here. We've got a skilled team here. And, like, it's Joe, the fighter, who's a middle middleweight. Like, no. Like, every team is stacked. Like, the only thing I – like, that's what the only thing that bugged me was, like, they'd have one fight, and then they'd be like, okay, fight, 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 fight. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, I get it. This is what fans are paying for. But, again, like – Usually do a little bit of hockey, you know, you know, you try to dump the puck in, big hit, and then you have a fight. Or you're down a goal, you have a fight. It's just uh, like, okay, we have five tough guys, so like now we have a fight, we're all fighting. Right? <laughs> so because it just, it would just prolong, like you're sitting there just watching this for like 20 minutes of just fight after fight after fight. You're like, okay, all right, we're back to hockey now. Yeah, well, 
one of the fights that you had, of course, I mean, you had a lot of great fights that in your first year there. Um, I mean, of course, I have to ask you about it, right? It's your fourth fight in the league against the legend, Joel Terrio. And you guys had a fight for the ages. Um, you, obviously, you had watched video on him and everything. What was it like fighting the animal? It literally is fighting an animal. Because he, like, uh, like, he, like, grunts, groans, yells, talks to you. Like, he just wants more of it. And he just brings it and he loves it. And it was it was an awesome fight. Like, well, I was going to say, like, when you're fighting and he's in close with you and he's, what's he saying to you? Because he can see you talking to you. He what's was, he saying? We would throw, we'd throw a couple bombs and then you get close and he'd be like, switch. And I'm like, all right. And then we'd just switch. And then we'd throw a couple more bombs and he'd be like, switch. I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's why we kept going back and forth. Because then, then, like, you'd hit him and he'd be like, yeah. And then you'd, like, miss you and he'd be like, fuck. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and I was like, uh, like in the, oh man! Later in the game too, we we got in the corner and the puck got dumped, and I was in the corner, and then uh, I was uh, like cross checking him and battling for the puck, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I love it, yeah." And then he like skates out, and he's like, "Good fight!" And then, and then, and then he like, skates away, and I was just like, "This guy's unbelievable! Like he's, he's literally an animal." But he's yeah, big boy. He throws with a lot of he means he means the hurt when he throws a punch. Is that, um, in all the fights, was that sort of, I mean, it's obviously hard to pin down, Was but was that sort of your toughest fight, you think? Because I watched a lot of your fights in, over the last couple of days because I knew I was going to talk to you. That's, like, from a fan's point, when I'm watching it, just from, you know, my opinion, that looked like it would have been your hardest fight that you had was with him. Would that be correct in yeah. saying that? Oh, yeah. No, he was, he was definitely, he's just, he's a big man, like, like, Morassi's like small and shifty and they and he and he can tag you and he can get in and he can take a beating and stuff. But like like Joel's he's like six feet in my size, a little heavier. He's a lefty. He's been doing it forever. If you watch videos of him, you're just like, Holy shit. Like you're yeah. literally putting me in like this guy looks like he should be in jail, let alone on death row. Like he's like he's in, he's the nicest guy too. Like I've talked to him afterwards and he's so nice. He's polite. Um, he's he's an electrician. He means well. Uh, and like, but he's just he's like he's like, he'd be like the saber tooth of Wolverine. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, what, one guy that you ended yeah, up fighting like five or six times is Ryan Murphy. Oh yeah, he's a big uh, East Coast boy. And, yep. uh He, you know, what? if I had to point like say, say who he is, he is literally good. Like you know. Um, the movie The Goon they did after. Yeah. Like, he's like, done glass. Like in the warm-ups. Yeah, in the warm-ups, I'm like, who is this guy? Like, he's an ankle skater a little bit. But, like, you see him off ice. Like, the guy is ripped chizzy. And he's, like, huge, big, thick farm boy. And, uh, but, like, on ice, you see him warm up. You're like, Jesus, who is this guy? And whatever. Like, this guy's terrible. But then, then you get in a fight with him, and he hits you over the head. And you're like, holy Jesus, you got some power behind that. <laughs> and then, uh, but he's, yeah, I, uh, I, it was a good fight with him. Yeah, you had a couple good ones with him. Well, and you met up with your old boy Francis again. Yeah, I mean, you had a couple more rounds with Francis Lassard. Um, I've always heard with Lassard. I've had a couple guys on the show that have kind of talked about, and I mean, everyone gives him his props for as tough as he was, NHL, and I mean, you know, Frankie's nuts. I mean, he is tough, lefty, like you said. 
But there was a there was some guys like I know Steve Parsons really shit on him. Like the, not that he wasn't tough. They they never said that. They never took that away from him. But they just said he did a lot of shit that he didn't need to do. They said he's a tough enough guy. He didn't oh. need to pull the shit that he pulled. Did you have? Oh, I mean, yeah. I know you talked about it earlier. You kind of you know you had you already had some issues with him. Did you? What's your feelings on Francis Lassard? Oh yeah, he he is. He does not like my I, my opinion from just going ahead. Like he just he doesn't like he will square up, but he doesn't like it. He he likes to jump off the draw, get in there close, get in there tight, and then and then start working his way and get loose and and uh, hit you. But like that, that's what I mean. Like after you learn what these guys can do and what they're like, um, then you can get into your groove and then you can figure out you can counter counter their moves and get ready for them. And that and it shows like uh, over the evolution of our fights like. It's a little bit more tying up, a little bit more feeling each other out. And then at the end, it's like, okay, switch, switch, dodging, moving, punching. And you're like, okay, I know what he's bringing to the table. So now I can kind of move a little bit more and, and not get clipped. It's like uh, like Thomas uh, Belmar. First fight, he got on top of me and I fell down. He got on top of me. He wouldn't let me up. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I felt so embarrassed. And I was like, I told the coach, I was like, that's never going to happen again. I was like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. And I ended up, when I fought him again, I ended up, like, breaking his nose and pretty much punching his nose back into his skull. And then and then I just put him down. And then, and then I was like, that's because I was ready. I knew what he was going to do. I knew he was going to come in, put his head low, and I just came with an uppercut and just timed it and just put him. So I was like, right, that's So, yeah. I was going to say, you're reading my notes. I was actually give you the next name I brought up. Well, there we go. Um, one of the incidents, I know I've kept you here a long time, so I'm not going to keep you too much longer, but I do have to ask because somebody sent me the incident in Cornwall. When somebody hit you with a beer can, is that correct? Uh, a pop bottle. Ah. Yeah. It was a pop bottle and it was like the corner of the lid that caught me in the head and like, um, but the, they threw a beer can at the, um, at the trainer and the trainer was like a little guy, a little French guy, a good guy, like. To be honest with you, I'm very, very partial to my trainers because they, they're the ones that keep me together and keep the glue, keep the glue together for the body. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they threw they threw a pop can or threw a beer can there, and I was just like, and he hit him, and I was like, what the hell? And I was like, fans are committing assault here on our team, and I jumped up there trying to challenge the guy, and then next thing you know, I had, I had a fan throwing at me, and I was like, I saw it the last second, and I just took it, and I was like, I can't can't really move too much and then they just started i just felt the blood going down i was like mother fucker like oh yeah if i didn't know it man i probably a good thing i didn't get up there but definitely wanted it that's what i mean by getting fired up i get fired and then that was the worst thing i think that was a whole like incident wasn't that part of the line brawl too yeah like, yeah, we had a line brawl, and then I was with Steve Samoz, and I knew Samoz from Laredo, so I was like, all right, I gotta make this look good. The Samoz is like, better, don't beat me up. And I was like, I'm not gonna beat you up. I was like, I gotta make it look good, though. Like, this is what this is. So I had, I grabbed another guy, and I just grabbed both of them and swinging them around by the hand. And then, uh, and then I was skating by the bench, and then that's when the starts started chirping. You know, I was just like, you've been quiet all game, and you're gonna start chirping down. I was like, you, when I just started going red and then the refs were trying to hold me back and then I was just trying to let loose because I just wanted to kill Lassard. I was like, because I just hate when guys do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you've been quiet and you're quiet all game and then all of a sudden you're going to be tough. Like, this is not... Because you know I'm getting kicked out of the game. Like, like oh, but it's... 
but then, yeah, and then that happened, and I was just like, you can't, like, fans can't come and throw beer cans at people, like, so I was all fired up and everything, but, yeah, it was, it was a good one, it was, uh, there was no, no parking, they were, you didn't meet him in the parking lot after, there was no rumbles by the bus? Uh, no, I had to go get stitched up, <laughs> I had to go drive to an English doctor to get stitched up. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, what did you, what did you think of playing in Cornwall? Did you like it? Like, uh, how did they draw there? And we, What's that? Sorry. Like, how was how was Cornwall? Because it was interesting having an Ontario team in the Quebec League at that time. It hadn't been done before. How was the how was the atmosphere in Cornwall? Did they draw pretty well? Oh, it was it was great. Oh yeah, they got a good rink. They draw uh, pretty well. Like they got a loyal fan base there. Um, they had, yeah, Cornwall. They love their hockey. They used to have a, a junior team up there. Yeah. Um, They've had uh, they've had like that uh, pro team in and out a couple times, but uh, no, it's good. They got a good rink there. It's a good town, uh, right on the water. Like, yeah, they can it could it could work. Yeah, I was surprised it didn't last longer. It was just uh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, I mean, your first year there. I mean, you guys win the championship, and I mean, uh, you know, you uh, the crazy Quebec League. Hey, you, I noticed you played. Uh, I was going to ask you about uh, Gabby Rock. How was it like playing with him? Oh yeah. He's been around there for a while. Oh yeah, good. He's heavy hands on the on the guy. He's he's good. He's too funny because he's he's his English isn't that good, and my French is a little rusty. But uh, we went out drinking and uh, became really good friends. Somehow his English came out, my French came out. So as soon as you start drinking, everyone's bilingual, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And it was too funny because like I was a new English guy on the block, and he was the tough French guy, and like. Maybe he thought I was taking his job or taking his limelight or whatnot. And, um, but we became, after that Terry O fight, he was like, all right, this kid's not like, he's here to fight. He's not here to grapple and, and kind of fake, fake show. You know what I mean? Well, that's the one thing with the Quebec League. I mean, like you were saying, right? Like when you're going to go down there and, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it, it's about the show and you better, like you said, you better if you're gonna be the fighter, you better they they hold they hold you to that. Then you better be fighting. None of this wrestling shit. Like you got to put on a show for sure. Oh yeah, they and they'll let you know if they don't. Yeah, like, they're the English fans, and they want to show too. They want to have fun. They want to cheer, and they want their team to win. Like they're loyal, loyal club fans. Uh, some of them, some of them are uh, player fans. They'll follow the player, and they'll they'll be non biased, but. A lot of them are club fans. And, uh, the English and the French definitely love their fighting. That's pretty much why I went to those two leagues. No, absolutely. And uh, well, I mean, you're, you're you know your final season. You're back. Uh, you know now you're playing. You're actually playing with McMorrow this year. And you know, yeah, hey man, you got a tough team. You got Gabby Rock, yourself, McMorrow. Um, you know, what, what was it like to? Uh, I'm like, like you said, growing up, you knew Sean from growing up in the area and as kids and stuff to kind of end your career playing with them. That's got to be kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. It was fun. It was, uh, it's, it's just weird. It's weird how the hockey world, uh, works out and how everything goes. And, uh, so it was, it was nice. It was, it was funny because, uh, he was, uh, he was just getting back on his feet at the time. And, uh, we were driving up together and, uh, uh, we, we had a couple of ventures. <laughs> he got this new Jeep and, uh, he got the wheels uh, changed on it, and they they over uh, torqued uh, the nuts. So uh, and 
broke the studs on him. So the wheel came off while we were on the 401 driving up to Quebec for him to sign his Quebec league contract. And it was unbelievable. We had we had quite the event. We had to go get a rent a car. Everything was closed. We had to bribe some people. We had to bring in bribe the mechanic. Oh, it was um, it was crazy. <laughs> Start questioning a few life choices at that point. You're kind of like, what am I doing here? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, after that final year, you're 28, and uh, was that was that it? Like, did you? Did you had did you had plans to go on and, and do something else or did it just were you just were you just tired? Or did uh you know what yeah, made it, you what made you retire? Lot. We'll put it that way. Uh it was yeah, it was a combination of things, but mostly concussions. Yeah. Like I was uh, it was it, but it was just like uh just not resting properly. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of nightlife, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, a lot of fighting, a lot of head trauma, but not resting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. going to play a game, getting into a couple of fights, and then going out for beers and really polluting yourself, and then, like, driving 15 hours home in the morning, and, like, like that, that wears on you, right? So you're not you're not resting your, your body or brain properly. So it was just a weekend after weekend, and a year after that, it was just too much. So it was just... I had to give myself a break, and then uh, I didn't have any plans. I kind of was screwed. And then, uh, lucky enough, I had the uh, Boilermaker Local 128 here in, uh, in Ontario uh, gave me a chance at uh, an apprenticeship to prove myself, and I have, and been thankful for it. So I'm uh, I'm working uh, now with the uh, nuclear uh, power plant here in Pickering, so it's nice working for OPG or Black and Mac, and. Uh, so it's good. I'm very thankful because I literally had nothing. Like I was thinking, I was uh, looking at business plans, maybe uh, start my own trucking company, just go buy it, get a loan, get a truck. So I was like, you know what I mean? Like just, what do you, what do you like doing? I, I drove, I drove on the open road a lot. Oh, trucker. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was like, what the hell do I do? So it was, I was trying to, so I was lucky. I got lucky. I feel like I was, I was lucky, but um, for those that uh, work hard and, and, uh, Work hard and be nice and do nice things and hopefully, uh, you know, good things happen for you. Well, there you go. Well, I know you just, uh, I know you had the, you have the kid now and you, like you said, you're, you're working that. Yeah, I, yeah, like I, I feel so blessed and I feel so thankful, um, to, like I said, to have a job and now I have a family that I've always wanted and, uh, so I got a little girl now and, uh, me and the woman are, uh, are happy. So, it's, uh, you can't ask for anymore. I, 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 I bought the family farm off my grandparents. We've had that in our family for, I think, over 120 years or so. So, um, I, yeah, feel very blessed right now. I, I made a, an attempt at something I love. Uh, I made a lot of good friends during, the during that, um, voyage and, uh, I had fun and, uh, everything worked out. So, that would just uh, that would just try to stay out of trouble. <laughs> well, there you go, man. No, it was uh, no, absolutely. I mean, like you said, you, you you gave it a shot. You went for it. You played. I mean, hell, you had a you had a hell of a run. You got to see the. You know, you went across the sea. You played over in the in the in Europe and uh, in Quebec and uh, fought a lot of tough dudes. You're uh, you know you're on you're on YouTube forever. 
And, uh, and like I said, uh, I had mentioned that, uh, I was going to have you on and uh, there was, there's still a lot of fans that wanted to hear, hear about you and they wanted to hear your story. And, uh, and I really appreciate you tonight. Uh, I know I've kept you here long, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and, and share your story. And, uh, and I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting it out there for the people, but, uh, I want, I want to thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. No, Darren, I just want to thank you guys. I appreciate, um, all you guys that do, all you and the other uh, fellow enforcer uh, podcasters out there that are that are making um, people as myself and other fighters um, getting their stories out for their fans and uh, entertaining the fans one more time. I'm I would love to give everybody the uh, the the full story of Alex Petter one day, but uh, again, I don't want to hurt anybody or get anybody in trouble, so. I'll, I'll give it some time <laughs> before anybody can get any trouble legally about saying some stuff. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I appreciate uh, everything you do, and thanks for the opportunity to share my story with the fans. And uh, hopefully, the fans got a little bit more uh, than uh, in this interview than they have in others, and uh, they keep learning a little bit more and more. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. Well, I, well, thank you. Well, hey, if, like when the statutes are up, maybe we'll get you on for part two. And maybe we'll get some we'll get some oh, dirt. Sure. We'll get the TMZ version of Alex Penner's yeah, career. Again, I, yeah, again, I, I do have a daughter, so I have to keep some of those uh, some uh, of the parting stories pretty good. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, a lot of those you had to be there. If you weren't there, you'll never know those kind of stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, they don't, they don't need to know about daddy jumping off roofs and stuff. <laughs> no, absolutely. But uh, anyway, man, I'll let you. I know it's getting late there, and uh, we all got to work tomorrow, so I won't. I won't keep you any longer. Yeah. But again, thank you very much for coming on the show, and uh, hopefully, we'll do it again, and we'll have you back on for round two. Uh, I'll come up with something, maybe your toughest opponents or something like that, if you're willing to do it. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I scheduled the family, but then uh, I'll definitely, definitely always uh, up for up for part two, and. Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, yeah, you probably won't see me at Ice Wars unless the money's good. But well, I was gonna—I was gonna say I, I, you brought it up. I was gonna say we were talking about it off the air, folks. I've—I've I've been trying to—I was trying to get Weapon X out of retirement here for Ice Wars. And, yeah, like, no, I—I I definitely, I definitely have one more good one in me, but uh, the price has got to be right for it. That's for sure. Come on, AJ. Buck up. Let's see it. Let's get some of that Danbury money out there. Yeah, we'll get Weapon X back out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm sure we can sell enough T-shirts to, to get it. Absolutely. All right, Alex. Thank you again, and I'll let you go, but I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Enjoy. Have a good one. Bye. Take it easy, man. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 